North South Connection. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's time for the AEW podcast. I am your host, Jordan Duncan, back from a brief hiatus. Uh, and as I'm looking around the office here, I see Steve Willie did not empty the trash. He left a ton of. What is. Is this a Green Bay Packers cheese head? Andrew. Andrew, would you come in here for a second? Andrew? Yes, yes, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Um, I'm here, sir. Steve did not clean up, did he? You know, he he's got a lot. He has to do a lot of listening yeah. in his job, so you know he's a very passive person. Yeah. I would not expect him to be a very active person. Well, you know, I guess that brings up. us to our first piece of news. Uh, we here at uh, the AEW podcast have had to release Steve Willie. Uh, we love him. <laughs> we wish him well in his future endeavors. But Andrew. Uh, uncovered that he's got Steve has a fan page uh, where he posts some uh, NSFW photographs uh, for his subscribers. So, oh no! I don't want to know where this cheesehead's been, Andrew. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's Aaron Rodgers, it's probably some ivermectin in there. Yeah. But, um, uh, do you even want to talk about the Mandy Rose thing? Like, do you have any comment at all? Uh, so. This you know what is, I say? You know what I say to Mandy Rose? You do you. Yeah. You do you. That's I will awesome. Say, I will say this. I'm, I feel like in my many years of Place to Be Nation slash North-South Connection, I've kind of carved out a, like a, a gimmick of I hate WWE. Well-earned, you know, like I'm, I'm very critical. I understand why they did what they did. Like I understand the hypocrisy of it too. Like, I mean, she's a character who basically is like a sexy woman. That's her whole character. Yes. So the leader, she is the leader of a group called Toxic Attraction. Right. She's trying to be toxically attractive. Clearly, she accomplished her goal. <laughs> right. <laughs> the part where I totally get what they're doing, though, is that apparently she had this website under the name Mandy Rose, rather than her real name, like girl. You are using WWE trademark property there. Like, they copyright their names. That is a WWE name. I, I really wonder if she used her actual name, and I don't know what her real name is. Here's here's my here's my take on this one. I, I did say you do you. There were things that were detailed to me uh, that may have been part of the page. Clearly, it's under a pay, paywall that I have not paid. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who maybe have. But there are certain things that were told to me that were in there that are <laughs> you said nsfw it's not safe for anyone <laughs> like, it's not safe for your computer like yeah, right. i mean i'm not gonna go and listen he's she's supposedly the agent has claimed that she got half a million in revenue just based off of the publicity so all we're doing is pushing it even further to get her more publicity so she's probably happy anyway regardless of whether she's with wwe or not but just the the turnaround i am the champion for over a year you're fired yeah <laughs> like and you like, said that she cleared half a million huh that's what the agent said hang on i mean one... it might be a pr stunt but that's what she he claimed hang on one second real quick hey siri how do i start a fan page okay uh just just a note for later let's see if she can clear <laughs> a half million i might be able to get like five digits right like like get uh, into thousands uh, okay we're going down a rabbit hole. Are you, are you familiar with Katie Forbes? Uh, no, it does Rob not ring Van a bell. Dam, Rob Van Dam's well-bosomed girlfriend. Oh, yes. Okay. If you said Rob Van Dam's oh. girlfriend, I would have known. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of young men who are very familiar with Katie Forbes. She actually trained uh, in, like down down here in New Orleans, like at Wildcat Pro Wrestling with Luke Hawks. But oh, okay. um, 
But uh, yeah, she um, she has certain assets, and she has an OnlyFans <laughs> like a lot of people do, certain and assets. that's that's kind that's kind of the appeal that she draw draws off. But she was never employed by WWE. You yeah. know, she was like Impact and this place, and you know, she's she's like she's Rob Van Dam's milf or whatever. So <laughs> not milf, she's not that old, but like she, she, you know, she's she's comfortable in what she's doing. If Mandy Rose is comfortable with what she's doing with whoever it is she's doing it with, you who know, are we to judge? Yes, you know, I guess you know. Do you think? You know, if you're if you're listening, you're like, why are you guys talking about WWE and not AEW? I mean, Paige Van Zant has a uh, OnlyFans page as well right yes so. <laughs> yeah is she still an aw roster i or? believe she's under contract yes but they just don't have it it's it's the classic miro we we've got nothing for you stance yeah although the difference is they should have something for miro and i'm not having anything for page Van. now we know who miro's been yelling at this entire time it was tony khan <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> that's the maker yeah maker why have you forsaken me book me in a match where i don't lose to ricky star <laughs> Man, Miro. Did you I hear that? Ru- the rumor is that he was going to be put in the Ethan Page spot of the Eliminator, and he turned it down. Don't really? know if that's true, though. Okay. That that's the scuttlebutt. I mean, I can kind of see that because it doesn't really do anything for him just to come win two matches and then lose. Correct. You know. So I can kind of see it's just like the Miro. Yeah, yeah, I can see both ways. Yep. You yep. know. Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, we got a, a lot to cover tonight. I mean, this is uh, the last episode of uh, 2022. Yeah, not uh, an eventful year at all. Yeah, I don't think I can't think of anything that happened. Um, you got any muffins you want to eat or anything like that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've got some awards to hand out. I'm sure this is uh, that time of year for so many podcasts to hand out their best of, worst of type stuff, and we're no different. I don't think we're reinventing the wheel here with this episode, but it's still going to be some fun to talk about our. Favorites and not-so-favorite things of AEW. Before we get into that, let's talk about what's going on in AEW. Uh, the biggest thing is that winter is coming just happened. Um, we yeah, had MJF. Come. Yeah, we had, yeah <laughs> winter has come. Um, MJF versus Ricky Starks uh, was the main event. We talked on air, uh, off air. Uh, we were both a little disappointed in that match. Uh, fill us in on why you didn't like it. Okay, so first of all, look what you're following up. The first one was Moxley and Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. The second one was Hangman. Uh, Page and Brian Danielson going an hour, yeah. like into a draw. I mean, fantastic matches. Even if the shows themselves didn't really hold up at that time in 2020 and 2021, the main, the the top matches really drew. This was weird. This was a show where I felt like the matches leading up to it kind of like fleshed out the card pretty nicely. But MJF versus Ricky Starks, just I mean, especially comparing the those two names. I'm listen, no disrespect to MJF and. Ricky Starks, but when you're comparing them to Omega, Hangman, Danielson, and Moxley, mm-hmm. it's just not it's not the same tier. Unfor- and unfortunately, they weren't able to like go past that tier. Like they weren't able to do anything more than what you expected, and that was the disappointing part. And maybe we, maybe mm-hmm. it's shame on us as fans for expecting too much, but it was just a very sports entertainmenty match, and I almost want to say an MGF style match where it was a lot of like uh, pyrotechnics and you know a couple of nice false finishes, but it was pretty sloppy. It felt like the main event was actually the promo the week before yeah. that we didn't cover. Yeah, Ricky you know? Starks' uh, big promo and MJF kind of got back earlier in the episode before their match. Um, yeah, I- I'm with you um, that I think the promo battle was better. And that's kind of my fear that I mentioned to you before we started taping is that like 
I'm afraid that this might have been like a let's heat up Ricky Starks to feed him and then we have got nothing else for him. Like Ricky Starks has had so many start-stop moments it feels like. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like eventually you have to wonder if he's just going to bail once he can because they're missing they're missing something with him because the crowd loves Ricky Starks. And he yeah. absolutely could be a bigger star than he even is right now. So you feel like you can marginalize that, you know, a, a person – because they're in a main event title mm-hmm. shot. Well, yes, it's like, exactly. oh, well, we're not going to give you the title, but at least you can say you were in it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but your that's... headline winner is coming, so now take the next three weeks off. Yeah. But now you're thinking, like, yeah, but was it really worth it? Like, it, sometimes sometimes you have to throw a curveball. Like, look, God bless Chris Jericho. He sat there and lost to a jobber on national television. Yeah, I thought that was really excellent, to be honest. Action Andretti, who we brought up before on this show, mm-hmm. like, once or twice. And he looked fantastic. They had problems. I almost want to say the best match that that night. Like I didn't, to be honest with you, that fifth, no, the fourth match fourth, between yeah. that triangle and the elite. I didn't like it. I understood what they were doing with the with the ankle injury, trying to make like the sports equal the sports um, equation to it. Yeah, the three one warriors collapse. Yeah, like with the injury and Nick Jackson. I didn't like it. Like I just. I, I thought it was just an okayish match. Maybe they're just trying to tell a story, but I felt I, I just want them to do what what they do best, and I felt like they were hampering themselves yeah. for the sake of a story. And I'm not honestly not looking that forward to match five, which I think is like a no DQ. But Kenny Omega said hammers are legal, so I feel like this the next one could just be like a plunder match, and that one doesn't seem that great <laughs> to me. It sounds like Dave Batiste. Not only are hammers legal. They're allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, the Jericho stuff was really good. You know, not to like scrape, throw that under the under the rug and get onto the next stuff. But the, I thought and the Jericho stuff the, was a star making performance. The best chance ever in AEW. Let's go, Jobber. Yeah, really good. <laughs> and it was like one of those things. Like AEW's crowds tend to be. I don't think you've got a lot of new wrestling fans. So these are people who kind of know the patterns and know what they're seeing. They've and, seen it all. Yeah, and so yeah. it felt like. Oh, they're going to heat him up. felt like it's going to be like Taka Triple H. Remember that match from Rob way back in the day? Yes. Where the guy's going to, you know, get really close but then not do it. But then it was more like Shelton Benjamin's debut on Raw where he actually won the match. And I thought that was kind of – I think they really surprised the crowd with him actually winning the match. It was very, And they even got, uh, as a surprise, to wrestle Ty Mello, they got Rhea Ripley's little sister. Oh, wait, that was Ruby Soho. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think they do with this Andrade guy moving forward? Um, is he a race car driver? Yeah. <laughs> His father, um, Mario. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, man, you, you know, almost similar to what you do with Dante Martin and what you do with um, – I'm trying to think of like those really good young guys that they've got on the come up. Yeah. Like you just kind of – you know, like here, here's another one I, I kind of uh, um, want to go off the – cuff about regarding like where you go with Andretti because there's so little room for a lot of these people yeah that's if true you have the program he set up the way it is unless you want to just throw him on rampage to have wild matches that nobody watches <laughs> um speedball Mike Bailey was interviewed he had I don't know if you saw this him and Josh Alexander had a 50 minute match on impact wow no I um, did not see that so it got rave reviews, obviously, and people ask, and you know what happens, you know, people, the moment someone gets hot in the Indies, like Matt Riddle and Keith Lee did, like you always talk about, all of a sudden they're like, okay, they're going to get signed somewhere else. Well, Speedball Mike Bailey's like, well, I'm going to stay in Impact. I signed a contract there. I'm happy there. And people are like, boo, you should go to AEW. Okay, he goes to AEW. What's he going to do? Right. What's he going to do? He's going to be Matt Taven. 
He's going to job the warlord <laughs> once and never be heard from again. Right. You know, and it, and I'm not trying to say that would happen to Action Andretti. Uh, I don't want him to be Barry, Hor- Barry Horowitz. I don't want him to be like his his identity is he's the jobber who got lucky once. So I have a, I have an idea for him. Okay. So and it's it's not a joke one. It's a real one that I think is actually pretty good because uh, prior to that, when Jericho gave the promo and said I'm going to go beat this jobber, yes. he kind of brought back the um, the friction between uh, the Jericho Society and uh, Daniel Garcia, which. Hello, welcome back to television, Daniel Garcia. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> start and stop. Um, but I think what would be a cool thing is, okay, so Jericho loses to Andretti. So now Hager goes out and fights him, and Andretti beats him. And then uh, the other guys fight him, and he just beats all them. And then Daniel Garcia beats Andretti, which infuriates Jericho. So I think it'd be cool to see this Andretti guy march through the Jericho Appreciation Society, but lose to Garcia, which kind of... He he's actually uses the impetus to get the Garcia Jericho thing going. Yeah, so that? that's good. Like I, the only thing about Ring of Honor that's weird is that you know Jericho did drop the title to uh, to Claudia. I do have to bring this up. So <laughs> this made me laugh. There's a TBS producer who. <laughs> so the story was that Tony Khan was told by the TBS producer that they did not want Chris Jericho to have to be holding a non-AEW championship on pay-per-view for AEW. It, it, it very much reeks It very much reeks of that story about when Eric Bischoff was, like, cornered in a room by a t- uh, Turner executives asking what day of the week Monday Nitro is, um, if you remember that story. Like, it's like there's, like, a disconnect. So maybe it's Tony's fault for putting too many belts out there and, outs- and outsmarting the executives into thinking that he, like, had, like, a rivaling promotion on all over right. Dynamite with the Ring of Honor stink. But, um... Like, basically, he almost changed – they almost had the Ring of Honor title change hands at Revolution uh, – or, uh, sorry, at um, Full Gear because of that producer yeah, in the four-way or executive who yeah. said that. <laughs> and they basically had to, like, explain it away to the guy, and he's like, oh, okay, I get it. But the goal was for Jericho to drop it to Claudio the entire time at Final Battle, which he did. Yeah. But they're still kind of hovering into that wrestling versus sports entertainment stuff, and – they got they got Garcia almost back in the same routine that he was, where he's in sports entertainment boot camp. Yeah, and he's got like a account of a shadower. Yeah, an accountability buddy. <laughs> yeah, an accountability buddy. Uh, in uh, which one Sammy is, is it? Sammy. Yeah, yeah, Sammy. That's that sucks. That's like when Daniel Bryan showed up and the Miz was his coach. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really, this guy is going to teach me how to be a sports entertainer. Right. But, uh, but so they're kind of long story short they're kind of trickling along with some of the things that they got from the Ring of Honor stuff that they thought was successful and at least drove some viewership um and also it's Jericho and he draws eyeballs so Jericho makes something out of this with Andretti with Jake Hager and mm-hmm. his purple hat and uh I like this Daniel hat <laughs> and Daniel Garcia they'll find something um, but I got a feeling it won't involve Ring of Honor as much. And to be honest, Jordan, not missed Fine much. Fine by me. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye. And I did order Final Battle as a postscript for the, you know what that means, crowd. I did order it. I did not regret it, uh, but I did feel like, man, 
if I wasn't a fan of AEW, I probably wouldn't have bought this. Yeah, you I know? mean, the dog collar match is worth it for the price alone. It know? is so bloody. It is so, so bloody. Um, just to to show how highly people think of it, Chad Campbell, who was like my... Chad is my go-to for wrestling takes. Uh, he basically tweeted out that all three of the FTR Briscoe matches might be his number one, two, and three matches of the year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, so They're great. They're yeah, great. You they, know, we, they we all talk, we talked about how, even though we don't think Ring of Honor and that pay-per-view eliminator, I don't think, I think the final battle show was better than the two before for sure. But like, if I really had to go like rank them up with all the other AEW, it would probably still be in like the bottom five. To yeah. Be quite honest with yeah. you. Willie Universe, Dino Garcia was good. Claudio versus Claudio winning with the swing was great. Like, I, that yeah, that was totally out of nowhere. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Very um, uh, unexpected. But that's out of the way, and I don't know what they're doing with that. It might even go to – they might just stick it on Honor Club at Universal Studios or some shit. I don't even know. <laughs> I really – I honest, I don't – and honestly, Jordan, I don't think Tony knows. No, I don't either. I think – I mean, and this is all just speculative, but I think he really thought he was going to get a TV deal for Ring of Honor, and it just isn't it happening. Nope. Um, so it is what it is, you know. It's a dead brand. I'm yeah, sorry, but it's, it a, is. it's a dead brand. That's what that's what they need to call the next one. Go to die. Dead brain. Ring of Honor. Go to die. Well, even like <laughs> uh, you know, I've been very critical of Samoa Joe on this show, and when he won the TNT title off Wardlow, it's kind of like, ugh. But I feel like he's a little more energized just in the little like the the Joe Darby match where he basically murdered Darby on TV was really good, and it's some of the best Dude, work Joe's brutal, done. Yeah, brutal head dropping moments in that match. Yeah, it's some I of mean, the best work Joe's done in in AEW, I think. Well, he's the king of television now. He has a lot to live up. Yeah, to. that's true. I mean, I didn't <laughs> know we were in a monarchy, but it is what it is. You know, he is um set up already to because they do they're doing that thing where they build up to a match that doesn't happen the week the following, week, but the one after that mm-hmm. to ticket sales. But Samoa Joe is gonna wrestle uh, Warlow for. The TNT Championship in Colorado, which is New Year's Smash. New Year's Smash! But there is a weird... I don't know the timing of this. I'm sure that it's been banding about on the internet. But Wrestle Kingdom is right between the Colorado show and the Seattle show. So I don't know what's going to happen. We all heard the Mercedes Vernado rumors. I don't feel like it's going to lend too much to really like dig our whole show into it. Because there might be nothing there. She might just wrestle in Japan for six months. Who knows? But the the opening is there. You know, yeah. I wouldn't say it's like false. I think Rocky Romero has definitely had phone calls with her. Yeah. Oh, I I agree. Um, I mean, it became very clear in this past like uh, week or two that WWE was no longer they're on the outs. Yeah. 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 Like I think I think most people still expected her to wind up back there. Um, honestly, that's where I thought she'd go. But you know. I was surprised they didn't come to a deal. Yeah, me I was, too. or come to a come to a compromise. Yeah, you know, I didn't feel like this was a CM Punk situation where, like we said, when all out fallout happened, like that it was untenable. I felt like this could be fixed. Um, I thought maybe she would be Uncle. Moment. I thought she was going to be Uncle Howdy, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alexa Bliss is Uncle Howdy. Oh my Andrew. gosh, dude, that Auntie Howdy. <laughs> Okay, I need to rant on this storyline because I, I don't watch WWE regularly, but I follow it, you know? like So I, I know that the Bray story is basically that Bray's coming out and cutting promos like, I'm sorry for everything I did. I'm trying to be a changed man. But Uncle Howdy is supposed to be like this inner demon personality, correct? Am I am I right, right in that? 
Right. And yet, I just saw a movie called Smile, and it's kind of similar to that. And yet he showed up in person on SmackDown, and L.A. Knight could see him. I have huge problems with that. Like, if he's an inner demon, why do other people see him? Like, I don't know. It just feels like such a... I don't a... know. Eric Bischoff couldn't see the Warriors. <laughs> That's exactly what it reminds me of, dude. <laughs> like, it's exactly what it reminds me of. Yeah, so, like, they just got the costumes just hanging around. They probably got the vulture. They got the fiend somewhere. It's like, yeah, let's just toss that in there as a, as a gag. Yeah. You know, it's like... Or an Easter egg. You know, yeah. they even brought in... I don't know if you knew this. Ben Morris might be familiar with him as the former purveyor of Marvel. They brought in, like, a comic book writer who was close with Bray, and he's, like, the creative consultant there named Rob Fee. Wow. So they brought in somebody... Oh, I've heard of Rob Fee. Specifically. Wow. They brought him in specifically for this. And it's, like, comic... Uh, I mean, I know Steve Austin railed on Brian Gwartz about this once upon a time, but, like, comic books and writing wrestling are not the same thing. They're just not. Yeah. Like, this, the arcs are different. Some There are some similarities in terms of the pacing, but, like, in terms of, like, telling a story and keeping fans interested, mm, yeah. like... <laughs> I mean, I guess they're similar in that no matter how you tell the story, the, the finale always winds up with someone punching someone else, you know? Right. <laughs> like, and, and I think AEW's done a good job of that, keeping things in the ring. Um, the only thing, like, we were talking about, you know, to wrap up the, the Starks MJF winners coming main event stuff is that I don't feel like the match was like the best send off to what they of the story they were trying to tell right. like the story that they told kind of was it, it sort of found its it found its it found its like uh uh groove. its best moments in yeah. yeah it found its groove in in the promos yeah. and then you go to the ring and it's like Ugh. and that's why I'm worried that it's just like a they just use Ricky Starks as a heater because then post match it was about Brian Danielson showing up you know. Yep, and and look where we're going in January. We're going to Seattle, yep. which is where Brian Danielson grew up. So did Darby Allen. Yep. So you know Darby's going to get revenge so, eventually on, on Samoa Joe. I mean, listen, I'm fine with Brian Danielson being in the world title picture. I have no problem with that. I just hope it's not another couple weeks off for Ricky Starks. You know, like there's so they're so spotty sometimes with how they book guys. You know. I did um, like MJF calling him the American dipshit. Yeah. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, what a promo from Ricky Starks. Like, um, mm-hmm. when he went face to face. I love what he said. I'm going to slap that mole off your neck. <laughs> <laughs> he had some really nice lines. Um, and then um, MJF had one. And you mentioned the one he had with Marvez on the night of the, the Winner's Coming Show. Yeah. That was pretty good, too. I, yeah. I mean, like. I mean, MJF's amazing. Like yeah. he and he, he kind of had. Have you noticed that the way he like um, dresses himself, he almost looks like I'm trying to. He kind of looks like Nick Bockwinkle. Like, oh yeah, I can see that. He kind of has that Bockwinkle look where it's like all dressed tightly. I think even um, I think even uh, uh Ricky Starks made fun of MJF saying your all all your all your suits are too tight. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> did. Yeah, he said so. something like that. So like Starks Starks got some really nice lines and MJF got a retort promo on the uh, the week after before, leading up to the match. Um, you know the best of seven. Listen, I wanted four wins to one. It's it, we're very close. It's yep. almost going to happen. The gentleman's gonna... sweep is in is in our purview. I mean you can't you can't blow a three one series lead right. It's not possible. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, that one seems to be, uh, they, they've they even come up with the gimmicks for the final three matches. Like, they're not even hiding what's going to happen. Like, the yeah, final three matches already have the gimmicks. Escalera de la Muerte, if they go to a seventh yeah. one. Do you think Mil Muerte's from um, Lucha Underground is going to debut in that one? 
<laughs> is he going to go through a plate of glass yeah, like, uh, right. like A.R. Fox? That's why they hired A.R. Fox. Uh, yeah. No more is just going to throw him through a plate of glass in Los Angeles. Dario Cueto is going to show up. Dario Cueto is going to show up <laughs> in AEW. Isn't he in MLW now or am I dreaming it? I don't know. I always think he looks like Alex Abrahimes or however you say his name. Abrahantes. Yeah, yeah. Abrahantes. I think they look like they could be cousins or something. but Yeah, I mean – I, I think I'm with you on everything there. Like, I don't think Winter is Coming was, like, a bad show. But, like, they hype it almost, like, pay-per-view level quality. And it, it to me, it was just like a – it was dynamite, you know. <laughs> it was just it was just a dynamite. And sometimes just a dynamite's good enough. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, mean, I sat there. You were you were talking about, you know, catching up, you know, like, being in the purview of sometimes the WWE. I watched SmackDown. I sat there and watched it. I wasn't impressed. Like, mm. was, it, was it great? I mean, was it, like – awful awful no it wasn't awful but was it something was it something that i felt like i could go back to if i wanted to not really like i i feel like you know i feel like jordan i feel like with uh wwe it's like a doctor's appointment or the dentist like you just go i I go in every couple months or a month or whatever the go homes for the pay-per-views and i watch them and i'm just like Eh, okay, I see what's going on, and then I tune right back out and I go back to AEW. Yep. And if you want to call me a effing mark, that's fine. But that's <laughs> just kind of the cycle I put myself in when it comes to my relationship with WWE and the non WWE wrestling product out there. Yeah, uh, going on. Uh, but it, it's been a loaded year for for sure. Yeah. You know, and I and it's I think it's going to close out okay. Like they got. They got a nice little card for Holiday Bash in San Antonio. Yeah, already. and and they are finally. I shouldn't say finally because we've had this discussion before where I thought they finally turned the corner. They seem to be addressing the Rampage problem. I would say if you were listening and you do not watch Rampage, go out of your way to find John Moxley versus uh, Takeshka. Takeshita. Yeah. Uh, that, awesome, that was the one. Awesome that was the one match. earlier in the. Uh, yeah, just a couple, the, uh, two Fridays ago, I think. Correct. Yes, yeah. and it was a good one. Yeah. I was impressed. Uh, really good. The last, the most recent one they had, they still didn't win in the demo against NXT. They've lost six times in a row in the demo against NXT 2.0. Uh, Mandy Rose clearly is will be missed. But um, uh, 464 with a .15, but the .15, as crazy as it sounds, that's like their highest rating since uh, they were in Canada in October. So they're they're doing, like you said, they're doing something right, but it's very, very, like, it's very, very it's small. Slow it's progress like, because they've ignored it for so long. It's like, you know. Uh, maybe Stokely Hathaway needs an OnlyFans. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if Adam Cole got an OnlyFans, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a rumor that Adam Cole was going to come back uh, for Winners Coming, and he did not. So Yes, I heard that too. Maybe that, he, uh, My theory is perhaps uh, he and a couple of his buddies, although Bobby Fish isn't there anymore, but maybe he comes back after match number seven. Um, to uh, wreak havoc on the elite. I don't know. Or that could be the House of Black because they hey House man, of Black hey laid on everybody too. Hangman hey Page is back, so yeah. there he's he's still kind of jawing back and forth with Moxley. Moxley is sort of on a vacation, but he's still showing up for like cutting promos and right. stuff. I right. do have to mention this Obi Wan Kenobi Deus Ex Machina fucking William Regal promo. <laughs> Please, I I was actually I, I was actually recording. You were watching it probably live. I was actually recording with Steve as it happened. What the fuck was that? It, it Why was, are you doing this? It was so weird. It, like, und- why can't you just end it? It undid everything that the they ground. did. Yeah, it yeah. undid everything they did with MJF. 
it kind of made no sense for Danielson to come charging out and attack MJF. I don't. It was bad. It was bad. For those who don't know, like basically, they gave William Regal this like this cinematic sequel out for his character, where he gets offed by MJF when he gets sucker punched in the back of the head yeah. in a great in a great segment. And then they like Tony Schiavone, the soothsayer of AEW. Now that Regal's gone, is saying, "Wait, I have this secret." tape with William Regal that he taped just in case something bad happened and here you go Blackpool Combat Club and freaking William Regal is explaining away look I did it so that I could teach you the ultimate lesson never turn your back on anyone and it's like yeah but the lesson you 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 just taught the lesson to the people in the Blackpool Combat Club which you just broke up right by leaving <laughs> right like it's just uh like I just wish they would. Uh, it's okay sometimes to have just a sad ending. It's yep. okay. Yep. Like, and that's one where that should have just stayed destitute. And it's okay, and, like, like, if oh you lose. Oh my god, it. MJF is the devil. Yeah, kind and of. it's okay if you lose a guy. Like, I mean, Regal wanted out of his contract and he wanted to leave, so he had to write him off quick. It doesn't have to have a loose end tied up, because the way you tried to tie it up was like you put a noose around the story. You know, <laughs> you could just yeah. It it's dead. like, it's like I don't know. Like, and I think that. I think Danielson can definitely justify it through his promo. I think he's cutting a promo on this dynamite that's going to be coming up in uh, uh, San Antonio. But mm. they're going to build up to something between him and MJF. Whether or not they can continue that all the way to um, to the show that they would have in Revolution, I, uh, I don't know about that. Like, I think that this is sort of like the quake by the lake was for Jericho mm-hmm. and Moxley, where it's just the bridge. It's a bridge feud yeah. until we get to whatever they really want to do for the Revolution show in San Francisco. The funny thing is, I feel like we're being pretty critical tonight so far. Mm-hmm. But I'm still enjoying the show. You know, the <laughs> like, shows are good. Yeah. Like the shows are good. Oh, like yeah. the 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 thing about AEW is, it's hard for me to find the bad things. Whereas with with WWE, I find so many bad things that it's harder for me to find the good things. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. No, you know? I get and, it. And even Impact, like you have a like a one hour match between Josh Alexander and Speedball Mike Bailey. You know why everybody's talking about it? Because everything else on Impact fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, am I am I am I am I taking crazy pills? Did am Bully did Bully pills? Ray show up in the match at any point? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I, I, no, I think AEW's doing some things right. Are they doing everything right? Of course not. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that they're kind of missing the boat on. Uh, I don't like this whole thing about like. Uh, Malachi Black seems to be secretly recruiting Tony Tony Nice. That seems to be sneaking around the, the corner. Takesh is being recruited by Don Callis because Kenny Omega. I was about to say a joke about Kenny Omega and Japanese people, but I, I I'm not doing it. <laughs> Listen, if it leads to an Omega Takesh match, I'm all for it. You know, that's, that's fine. Yeah, by me. That's where it's headed. That's where it's headed. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like it's they they're doing some different things. Like yep. uh, Nala Rose seems to be kind of getting away from Vicky. Uh, Fine whatever. by me, yep. Powerhouse is sort of doing like a slowish face turn where they're giving him these buildups where it's like, I'm from the streets of Oakland and this my brother was shot and killed, which is all true. God yep. bless him. He he came out the other side. All true. But So they're almost building up Hobbs of like, I'm this tough guy who came from... Yeah. 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 And, that's, and also, remember, revolutions in Oakland. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. Do you so, think that like, Powerhouse Hobbs might go toe-to-toe with... Big Bill. Who's Big Bill? <laughs> Bill Big Clinton? Bill is uh, 
William <laughs> Morrissey's new name or W. Morrissey's new name. Big Bill. Uh, <laughs> what a stupid name, man. Um, I will say that choke slam that he. I don't know if it was an accident. Oh, on Jungle Boy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. man, I I think I think it was I think it was intentional in that they were they were setting up the camera to make it look impactful. And yeah, he dropped it right looked, on his neck. It like, looked bad. Yeah. It looked bad. I remember thinking, I really hope Jungle Boy didn't hurt his neck. Uh, and I don't think he did because he bounced back and he had a match, I believe, against somebody the following week. Was it Brian Cage? Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. And usually they came when out I not attacked him again. Usually yeah. when I guess somebody who lost on Dynamite, it's Brian Cage. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, and then uh, and then Stokely's group came out and attacked him again. I feel like somebody came out and tried to help him. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was um. It was Hook. That's right. Yeah. Hook. Yeah. The Jungle Hook. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that Hook sends Big Bill running for the hills. You I know? mean, they, listen, they have the bare necessities. Yeah, the jungle. That's a terrible joke. That is a Ooh, terrible joke. Is Bear Country still in the company? <laughs> yeah, but rem- they remember, though, they changed their name. Oh. I don't remember the name. I don't remember the new name. Uh, somebody needs to help me out. But yeah. um, Bear Country, did. they're still there as Bronson and uh, Boulder, but they're a different name now. Gotcha. Too many bears. Too many bears. Brian Danielson, he gets too excited when there are bears all over the place. Too many bears. <laughs> oh, that's the name of this episode. AEW 33. Too many bears. This is and uh, Trent Se- and uh, very suddenly Trent Seven, who somehow looks older than Bobby Fish. But um Yeah, is he, he in the company now? Like what he is he is there. He is there. He is doing weekly shows. He's been on there more than once on, on the Delavice show. I shows. saw him in a graphic and I'm like, what that's odd. Yeah. Tread Seven's good. I mean, Mustache Mountain was one of my favorite tag teams. Him and yeah. Tyler Bates. So. Yeah, and Tyler. I think Tyler Bates better, but you know, Tread Seven's oh, gonna hold. Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, hands down on that one. But mm-hmm. um, but Seven can definitely you know do some matches. He, he um had a good. I thought it was a solid match <gasps> against Cassidy. What did you just say? You called him Seven, right? Yes. Dustin Rhodes is still under contract, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why Dustin Rhodes interfered in the match. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes wanted to fight seven again. Yeah. Yeah, so they're doing some match. Um, oh, maybe it already. Was it on Rampage already, or was it this Yeah, it was Wednesday? already on Rampage. Yeah, there I didn't see that yet. There was this one weird. I, I do like when the best friends are trying to riff on Mark Henry for the hype promo that yes. they have before the main event. They always try to do a gag. And this one was Danhausen just staring at Dustin Rhodes. I think this is a <laughs> continuous thing from the Sammy Guevara blog. Okay. I didn't actually Dustin, see this episode of Rampage yet. Yeah, so, so. It, it was um it was a solid um it was a solid fun main event. Okay. Uh it was also in Texas, so um Dustin was able to get the win in a hometown and cool. people love Dustin Rhodes, man. Yeah, they I mean do. he's almost like uh R Truth in WWE. Yeah, right. <laughs> Alright, I think we've uh, kind of riffed enough about the state of the product. Uh and essentially is we like it, but we've still got some issues. But do you think the guns are going to win the IWGP Tag Team Championships? Is from oh FTR. from from FTR? No, I don't think yeah. so. I feel I, the FTR are like snakes when they shed their skin. All yeah, the titles. Yeah, they, they did lose one belt. Yep, they and lost. then they lost another one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, but I don't I don't see the guns winning that one. I I I, under, I like the idea that the guns are like disgraceful and like mm-hmm. they're young punks. I kind of like it. You know, I like the energy they're coming off with in the ring. I think they're just okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Jamie Hayter wrestles Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida's a good wrestler. I just. She doesn't excite me. I'm sorry. Right. No. Yeah, she's kind of been 
Ricky Starks, you know, like they just bring her yeah. in when they need somebody to beat, it feels like. And they hype him up for a couple of weeks, but eventually that hype wears down. People just want Ricky Starks to be there all the time, and we don't get it. I don't know. But yeah. anyways, uh, end of the year. Um, uh, this episode is dropping on uh, December 23rd, so we hope you all have a Merry Christmas. We're Merry not going to do any Christmas gifts because we are a bi-weekly show, and so the next time we are on the air, it will be 2023. So we thought tonight we could do our end of the year awards um, and a year in review type thing. We've got some categories to hand out our awards and look back on the year that was in AEW 2022. I will say, <clears throat> looking over like what happened this year, it feels like we got 35 months of wrestling in 12 months. <laughs> you know? It feels like, dude. I, me and me and Steve on uh, episode 33, we were ripping about. Uh, what what kind of options can they do if they wanted to marginalize Ring of Honor uh, with a television program but not put it on Dynamite anymore? And I said, I said to Steve, is there any way that what if we made Dynamite three hours mm. and Rampage turns to Ring of Honor? And he said, he, he, you know, we kind of talked it out, and what we came to the conclusion of is that you can't do if you do three hours of Dynamite. Tony Khan's not going to see that and go, okay, I can stretch the content that I already had for two hours and and no, mold it. No, he's just going to keep with the with. He's the, just going to keep going, yeah. and that's how the whole year is felt. He just keeps going, yeah. and that's not necessarily a compliment. Sometimes, well, I mean, on things you just gotta you gotta learn how to dial it back some, and he I doesn't. Th- I think growing up, I mean, he was he's a wrestling fan like we were, and I think he was a huge fan of ECW, and I think his show, if you. Watch his show. If you watch Dynamite with the eye of, does this resemble ECW Hardcore TV? I think you'll understand how Tony books. It, it to me, it feels a lot like ECW Hardcore TV, both good and bad. You know, um, it has a very small mix of that Russo Crash TV. Yeah, and I no, please do not take that as like I they're doing pole matches and really stupid like scantily clad stuff. What I mean by that is like they kind of get you with bang, 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 yeah. bang, and and but they also have their pillars, no pun intended. Like great opening match, great main event. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're. They don't always hit on those two, but that's sort of those are the two pillars that really hold the show together most of the time. Yep. Start strong, finish strong. Yep, I agree. So, um, so let's finish strong and let's do our year in review, and we'll start with the biggest, maybe the biggest award. We call it the Snowflake Award match. Of the year, um, Andrew, your most of your awards are written right here in the notes. You don't know mine, so you want me to share mine first? You go ahead. All right, let's go back to June uh, to my first ever live AEW event. So maybe this pushes it a little over the edge for me. Uh, but when Dynamite came to town, we got blood and guts. And so my pick for the match of the year is the blood and guts match. Uh, it was a crazy spectacle, blood everywhere, violence everywhere. Poor Santana has not been seen since. Um, and, yeah, he messed uh, up his ECL, I want to say, in that match, yeah. huh? I mean, yeah. it was a thing that as the weeks progressed, I think it, its impact was hurt a little bit because it should have been a big blow-off to Eddie and Jericho, and it didn't really end up being that. But, man, in the moment, that thing was insane, outstanding, incredible stuff. That's my pick for match of the year. 
it's not a bad choice. I do feel like you and Steve are starting to rub it in because, like, the fact that because we, we got to see stuff live. <laughs> he, he was there live for three of the top five shows that we picked in the Eliminator, and you <laughs> pick a show that you saw live. I haven't gone to one yet. Um, no, wa- watching it on television, it was it was a it was a um a spectacle. Mm-hmm. It was a spectacle in all the right ways. Like, yeah. like we had this fear when War Games was announced. Like Jordan, we were like. <sighs> It's going to be the hyped thing that is not even close to the satisfaction that Blood and Guts gives you. Mm-hmm. And Blood and Guts gave us everything that you, that the WWE people probably wanted War Games to be. Right. And yes, I'm saying that in a very condescending way. <laughs> um, for me, this one happened in August, and it just never left me. Now listen... If you want me, if you want to call me a sucker for spot fests and crazy antic things like, you know, Will Ospreay versus Ricochet from years ago that some people, that really polarized a lot of fans because some people thought it was just ballet. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I thought in the trio tournament quarterfinal, Will uh, this is the main event. This was actually the same show where CM Punk uh, got basically UFC knocked TKO'd by... John Moxley for the title. Yep. The main event was this one. It was Will Ospreay and Aussie Open beating the Death Triangle in uh, the quarterfinals of Trio Service. Great stuff. It is, it is an unbelievable spot fest. Like, yeah. And Will Ospreay hits everything perfectly. And I also got to give credit to Aussie Open, too. Like, yeah. they're, They were part of this match, too. And yeah. it's 20 to 22 minutes of just nonstop greatness, you know? That was mine. I mean, yeah. there were a lot of candidates. A lot. Oh, Let yeah. Me, we could go with Danielson and Kangman at the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know? I think, I think my runner-up, honestly, is a little surprising. I think my runner-up is um, the first from All Out, Swerve in Our Glory against the Acclaim, just because I did not expect it to be what it was, and it was so good. Like, like the, uh, the some of these other matches, like, we expect them to be great. The Acclaimed had not really had that great match, and, man, what a great match to be your great match you know yeah i mean it really and it really set him up to to be successful yes. from that i mean yes. there's so many ones i mean i know that he's not there anymore but like punk had a punk had a couple great matches with mjf oh yeah I mean, the dog collar i mean orange cassie and will osprey had a great match yep um <laughs> any will osprey match in AEW claudio is a contender Claudio and Takeshita battle of the belts. Uh, Brist- Briscoe's an FTR. Yeah. You know, like like Chad Campbell mentioned. Like, there's a lot of candidates out there. You can't really go wrong with a lot of them. I'm sure Dave Meltzer will have this pick, too. Anarchy in the Arena. Like, that was yeah. another one yeah, similar to one. Blood and Guts. But those are, I feel like those are two that are going to really be way up there when we go to the, our year, year ends. But that my pick was the... The Aussie Open versus, um, or the what do they call themselves? Uh, Empire United Empire. United Empire. Yeah. United Empire versus that triangle match, and yours was the um, the Blood and Guts match. Yep, yep. Uh, so our next award is the Kenny Award, the Wrestler of the Year. Last year, I went with Darby Allen. You went with Brian Danielson. Andrew, this year we went with the same guy. Uh, and I don't, I just don't see how anyone could pick anyone else. Uh, we both picked Moxley. You know. Um, He's the, been the only anchor. other one that I could have thought of was Chris Jericho in terms of body of work. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like, in such a tumultuous stretch after All Out, and even really the Punk injury leading to All, all Out uh, right. before Punk left, like, a comp- this is a company that kind of had to pause everything and called on this guy to say, hey, carry the company for five months, if you don't mind. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he and it wasn't... Um... It wasn't like he meant to come back from rehab 
in tw- like in the beginning of 2022. It just happened that way. Yeah, yeah. You know? So he came back clean, skinny, not skinny, but fit. Mm-hmm. He seemed motivated. You know, he seemed to want to try a slightly different style than what he was doing when he um when he when he took time off. And he immediately jumps to a few with Brian Danielson. They have some great stuff. He tags with him a couple times. The Wheeler Yuta match. That's another match that yes. I totally forgot about. That's incredible. Yes. Um and um the the Forbidden Door match against Tanahashi uh to win the title. Another the one that punk, could have been match of the year. The punk stuff blood and guts where you know i mean darby allen i mean uh, I, I said darby allen uh john moxley loves blood you know <laughs> let's go you know right he, by the way also the gcw champion for most of the year too like yeah, yeah <laughs> this right man, this man really truly put in the work you yeah know? like he just always delivered and this is a guy that you know had his detractors for a long time and i'm not sure that he's won them over but like in wwe like I was never a big Ambrose fan. I was not. I mean, we've talked about this at length before. Like, I was not a fan of how Ambrose's character was. Like, he's crazy in a weird, funny way. Like, and I also thought his in-ring work uh, suffered a little bit too. But man, this guy has revitalized his career. He's just—he's so good. <laughs> he's really just so good. You know. I mean, I, and then the other one I really loved. I mean, I, I, I selfishly I just love him. Uh, Swerve Strickland. I thought had a really good year. Yeah, he did. I mean, Swerve is such a good character. I don't character. think he was the best wrestler. I don't think he was the best wrestler in the company. Yeah. Uh, to, sort of related to Swerve. So Swerve's group in WWE was Hit Row. Yeah. Yes. Did you see the clip of like? Uh, is it Top Dollar? I I didn't see the clip of him. <laughs> I heard he messed up his leg. So he was he's trying to do a dive over the top rope and. Uh, if Botchamania is still a thing, it should be yes. a leading candidate. So. Mafu Mafu about Botchamania is still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, showed that uh, without Swerve, uh, Hit Row is not much of a hit. They're not. They're not B Fab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, but yeah, Swerve. Uh, looking towards next year, that could be very, very interesting. So, uh, our next award is we call it the Jun Akiyama Fifth Pillar Award. Uh, <laughs> Jun Akiyama, who has wrestled in AEW now. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, the up-and-comer of the year. So the Pillar Award, um, you know, All Japan, of course, had their famous four pillars. And then Jun Akiyama was like the fifth, along with Kobashi, Misawa, Tawe, and Kawada. Um, and we've talked about the pillars here in AEW before, which are Jungle Boy, MJF, um, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. And so this award is kind of like, who's an up-and-comer that could be a cornerstone of the company? Moving forward, why don't you give us yours? Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, it's not a so shock. It's like yeah. <laughs> picking him and Paige. But, like, I think Orange has been great. Uh, he had an injury. He, he was out with an injury for a little bit, but he came right back for Forbidden Door where he had the great match against Osprey. Went his first title, uh, which is also a trend for the four pillars. They all have had gold now, uh, mm-hmm. now that MJF has won a uh, the AEW World Championship. But um, Orange Cassidy's now the All-Atlantic champion. Still is. And... I think he's just in a really good groove, and, you know, he's, I mean, he's a very familiar person. He's got a million YouTube, he's got millions of YouTubes in most mm-hmm. of his uh, mm-hmm. videos that have gone viral and very popular, got a new song with Jefferson Starship that's super popular, and I, I it's nothing shocking to say that, you know, he's a fifth pillar. It's like, oh, yeah, of course you pick him. Well, who, who did you want me to pick, Daniel Garcia? Like, <laughs> right. Daniel Garcia's good, but he's been off of television Due to the fault of the Booker for like way too long, I can't pick him. Right. Yeah. So you know, looking at your awards, there was time like the, this is the last one. I can't not pick Moxley, but I did try yeah. to be like, okay, well maybe who's someone else 
excuse me, who's someone else that I could pick? And I settled on, because the thing is up and comer, I settled on Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, I think he okay. really had a good 2022 in terms of we saw him really develop, really improve. Uh, I mean, we've already talked about him tonight a little bit about now he's uh, kind of laying this foundation to be a sympathetic baby face. But this is a guy who, I mean, if you even just look at a side-by-side -side of him when he was first in AEW versus now, like he's a lot more cut, like physically he's gotten better looking. And I think this guy has a lot of tools and he hasn't been utilized a ton, but when he is, he delivers every time. Um, he's not like an anchor like Orange Cassidy is, but I think he's someone that in the future could be a perennial, you know, big time powerhouse type guy. I, I and really he's wrestled like a lot longer than people expect. Yeah. Like I think he's been wrestling for at least eight years. So. Yeah. And, and, but he still feels fresh in a way, you know? Right, right. So, but yeah, I, I thought Hobbs was a good choice there. Um, outside of some of the more obvious ones. Like, I think Cassidy's a really good choice, too. Um, I, I also th thought about Jamie Hayter, you know, here. Hayter, Hayter's terrific. Like, yep. if there was a female Four Pillars, yep. she's on there. Yep. Like, she's she's really set herself up well. I th <laughs> my, friend, my, my friend Ryan made this joke. He said, the weird thing about Jamie Hayter is every time I see her, she looks completely different. Like, I can, yeah, never, like, it's like, like she, I can never recognize her. Like, she has a different hairdo. <laughs> like, like... Like, the dye job is in a different spot. It's weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, but the, the thing that people like about Jamie is that she's legitimate. Yeah. Like, like I think they're calling their tag team or their little duo um, the, th the, the the pillar and the killer is what That's they're cool. going That's cool. I like for, the name. I like that. That's really I don't cool. think we mentioned this, but the reason why a lot of this Sasha stuff popped up is because they're promoting a tag match in January um, in mm. L.A. with Soraya and a mystery opponent against yep. Baker. Hater, obviously, people are thinking, oh, it's Sasha. But it's like, it could be anybody. It could be freaking, it could be Renee Paquette. Thunder I don't know. Rosa. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> who's the who's the chick from uh, Lucha Underground that blackballed herself because she went into Oh, um, Sexy Star. Yeah, Sexy Star's finally sexy coming back. Sexy Star, and she's going to break, he's gonna break uh, Britt Baker's arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be her gimmick. That she just the, breaks people's arms. The arm breaker, sexy. It worked for Athena. Athena, oh, you beat up jobbers too much. We're gonna give you a title. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> hey, you That'll know what? I do, be punishment. I do think it kind of fits her. Like Athena looks like she's tough and just wants to beat someone up. So I do think yeah. that kind of works. Well, she's smaller too, so she's probably got that attitude of like, "Don't take me for granted," kind right. of thing. Right. You know? <clears throat> oh, hang on. I just lost. Our notes on our phone. I know the next one is the the show of the year. Yes. But what's I don't the name think this of this? It's the All Out Twenty One Award. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I lost mean, listen, my notes. What's, what's gonna What's gonna top twenty? All out, we said this in the Eliminator on the last show. Like, what's gonna top that show? Right. Twenty Twenty One. Yeah. Now that was a pretty perfect show. I mean, uh, what is your show of the year for this year? Revolution Twenty Twenty Two. Revolution. Okay. Orlando. I mean, uh, there might be other. Uh, there's some dynamites I was thinking of. Like there was that. There was a. There was the the dynamite in uh, the forum in June that I thought was fantastic. There's been a couple of great, great dynamites. But at the end of the day, I just looked at the pay per views and I went with Revolution. It's yeah, that's kind of where I, I landed too. Is I just thought of the pay per views like, um, I don't even have. I can't find my notes. I, did I delete them? 
keep talking about it while I try to fix this on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, like if you look at the pay per views, because like, we, I mean, just to sort of revisit what we did on the previous show, like Revolution twenty two was was really really good. Forbidden Door is good, mm-hmm. but I felt like it was like rushed. Like they yeah. had to like. They had to change things due to injury. The matches are fantastic. If you just look at the matches on on um, on Forbidden Door in the United Center, it's great. But like, I just like the way that the build went into Revolution and how they they paid it off. Um, All Out was up and down. Full Gear was good. I don't think Full Gear was like super memorable, to be quite honest. Yeah, with you. I mean, it's it's the MJF Ascension. And the second Grand Slam was not even close to as good as the first one. No, not at all. Especially the, the Rampage one, I think. Right, right. Um, I, I cannot find my notes. I'm just going to say that I gave it to full gear to be different. Uh, because it did have the first of the best of seven matches. Um, I'm, I'm correct there, right? That was the first of the best of seven? Yes, it was. And like, that they one hadn't, was they insane. They hadn't even announced it. Yeah, they hadn't even announced it yet. That it was best of seven. That's right. Yeah, right. That was an and insane match. And then all of a sudden, match. they jumped in and said, "Okay, this is actually." Can you can you believe, can you imagine they did that for the Super Bowl? Like, <laughs> wait, wait, we've won the Super Bowl. No, wait, it's a best of seven. Right. What? <laughs> um, I also think that the cage match with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy was really good. Um, the four way match that we talked about earlier that Jericho was. Re- to lose that that was a match yeah. that i had no interest in going in that ended up it was good. being really good um and i just think that even though you know maybe it didn't kind of live up to match of the year type stuff mjf finally winning the title is a big deal um so big enough to like have me give it the check mark over some other shows that maybe had better Not, matches none of the ring of honor shows yeah shock, shock of all shocks right <laughs> I mean, if I really had to hammer down, I mean, Blood and Guts was just one match for the most part, mm-hmm. but still, it's Blood and Guts. Like, yeah. that was on Dynamite. Um, I remember Quake by the Lake being good, the one in Minnesota, where Jericho mocks the main event. Like, that was a really good one. Yeah. I think we talked about this off air, but we did We did the, me and Steve took part in the best of the, the best pay-per-views. The best Dynamites. That's like picking... <laughs> That's like choosing children. Yeah, like, I don't know how to do I that. I don't know that that's something I want to do, honestly. <laughs> it's too hard. It is. It's too hard. And I'm not trying to say, like, Dynamite is the greatest show of all time. Some people would say NXT was even better in, like, between yeah, 2015 and 19. And I understand. I totally understand. Like, I, there were some moments with NXT where I was like, man, it can't get better than this. But, like, Dynamite is just a consistently good show. Like, it's to a point where dynamite's bad if there only has two good matches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, our next award is the Excalibur unbelievable moment of the year. I'll give you mine first. Um, okay. And it uh, involves one of our other awards, the June Akiyama award. And it was uh, June Akiyama stepping into the ring uh, with Eddie Kingston and their ensuing match. I guess the whole match, but even just, I mean, Eddie's emotional breakdown and stuff was just so cool. Like, as someone who grew up, uh, I shouldn't say I was a kid, but, like, in my 20s, uh, with the explosion of the internet and stuff, I got into tape trading, and the All Japan guys were, like, mythical characters for a long time, you know? And so, like, guys like Jun Akiyama and Kento Kobashi, and those are guys that I hold, like, to the highest regard in terms of, like, all-time greats, and that All Japan in the 90s is, like, for my money's worth the best 
promotional run in history of any company ever. And so to have one of those guys step into the ring, still deliver, and just the emotional impact it had on Eddie Kingston as well, because like it was literally his dream come true, was just so awesome to watch for him. And the match was good too, you know, like the yes. match was really good too. It, it's it's right up there with Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi in Ring of Honor in terms of like, holy crap, I never thought I'd see this, and here it is. So that's that, a, that's a good. That's a good way of looking at that that yeah. award that, yeah. or that moment. Mine is more like visceral, and sure. you know we have one after this that kind of would have fit that that bill. But I'll just split hairs. Darby Allen jumping off that ladder into Oof. the under the chairs. chairs. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it literally Ugh. made me say that is unbelievable. Like I cannot believe he did that. Yeah. you know, like it's. I don't even want to say. <laughs> I mean, listen, all spots in wrestling are unnecessary, and, and I mean, it's choreographedly, you don't have to do any of it. You know, <laughs> right, right. You can just do a rest hold for 20 minutes like Stu Hart used to, but like, I mean, I'm glad that Darby Allen decides to go the extra mile when he sells and when he takes these dives, but that was one where I was like, just, you know, like, Paul London had a nickname in the Indies, please don't die. Like, <laughs> that was... That was the – and we've seen so many crazy spots in wrestling over the last – as it's evolved in the last uh, 20 to 50, 25 years. But that was the one where I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like the margin of error was so small. Well, and it's one that the AEW haters really like latched onto too. You know, yeah. like, like this was so needless. And I get it, but it was also insane. <laughs> like, it was – it was a. It was just insane. Like I yeah. think he was wrestling Jeff Hardy, even Jeff Hardy. Like yeah. you know, I think we made this comparison. Do you know how sometimes you watch like um you know you watch you really closely follow the NFL? For me, it's the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like when you see a guy or a player who used to be all time mm-hmm. at whatever it is they're doing, and then you see him in the same frame of mind, and they look the same. You know, they got they got shoulder pads, they got mm-hmm. jerseys on. But they're playing against somebody who's a lot younger, a lot faster, and almost as skilled as they are, and they just blow by him. Yeah. And it's almost sobering, uh, no pun intended. But like for <laughs> for Jeff, like that's how it felt. Like Jeff was like watching Darby on, like I used to be him. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I can almost see his, his, like see I'm never gonna that. do that again. <laughs> right, and that's when you know it's crazy when Jeff Hardy looks at it and says, "I ain't doing that shit." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, that's a good one. That's a good I, choice. I, it was, it was, and I think that was the main event of the Dynamite. It was part of the Owen Hart tournament, and I just remember thinking, "God, that is, oh, that man. is." I forgot the Owen Hart dangerous. tournament existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our next award is the Owen Hart. Or no, uh, the next award <laughs> is the It's Sting Award, uh, which is kind of the WTF moment or surprise of the year. Uh, I will give you mine because. Keeping in line with Junakiyama, mine was another debut of a Japanese legend uh, going to Grand Slam. Uh, on the, I believe it was on the Rampage episode. Uh, the Great Muda showing up on AEW television was beyond wild for me. Like AEW has kind of cemented their legacy as the company, the Forbidden Door. Anyone and everyone can show up and stuff. But if you had given me forty to fifty guesses, um beforehand i never would have guessed the great muda to show up and spray mist in someone's face in 2022 on AEW television so another childhood like like i watched great muda as a kid so to see him show up was really really like i, I popped big for that one 
How about you? That's a good. That's a good one. Um, the, it, I, like I said, like I said with the Darby Allen die being the unbelievable moment. Like this one is sort of all more on the WTF side. Than oh the yeah. Surprise side. And guess what? It's Sting. <laughs> Sting diving into the damn stack of tables at Revolution <sighs> in that in that six man. It's amazing. I just can't believe he did it. Is it, it weird? Was like a shock. Is it weird that I toyed with the idea of him for like wrestler of the year? <laughs> Listen, just because everything at, he does, it's look like at his batting average. He's like a DH. That's what I'm saying. Like the the amount isn't there. The the content. But he knocks it out every time. Yes, yes. The quantity is not there, but the quality. Whew, man, dude rules. And the the thing that I think that's what made Revolution, which um I think we both wound up agreeing on for show of the year, was that's what made it special. Like that was the bathroom break match. That right. was supposed to be the match that calmed you down between. I don't remember what it was before that one. Um, it was like a really – I think it was Moxley Danielson and then the main event between Cole and Paige. It was like, uh, no, you're not going anywhere. Right. We're about to have a fucking brawl. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're, we're going to go nuts and it just here. Never, and it just never stopped. It was so thrilling, and that was like the coup de grace. Like when you watch Sting do that to Andrade, that was who he did it to. Like it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like this yeah. dude is – completely insane and tony too i remember tony just screaming no like no, no. Like, i think he was legitimately concerned he was gonna hurt himself to be yeah. quite honest with you like it's so weird he, that like private party was in that match like you know or one one half of private party you know what's right? even more insane sammy guevara and um isaiah cassie did a spanish dive into like a table off of a platform you don't even remember it because of sting <laughs> yeah was sammy guevara like, babyface still then so Sammy, yeah, he was. Yeah. He he had just done a three way with Andrade and uh, that's right. Darby on that's Rampage, right. pretty good. And then this was like they sort of threw this into the last second. People were like, why are you doing this? And they're like, huh, watch this bitch. And they had like, <laughs> they had like a crazy spring stampede type of brawl. It was so fun. Um, something some a couple I thought about Soraya's entrance was actually legitimately surprising. Yep. I did that not see another it really cool. That moment. was also Grand Slam. You said Muda. Um, and then um, John Moxley just beating CM Punk in three minutes. Yeah. Just shocking. Wild. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Both uh, a lot of good choices. Um, let's keep going. Uh, the Lucha Box Award Tag Team of the Year. Uh, gosh, a lot to choose from, but I think you made a good choice. Yeah. We, well, we had to retire the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks because they win every time. <laughs> uh, FTR. Yeah. Top guys. I mean, they're not out yet. <laughs> April's not here. But um, we – their body of work in 2022 is amazing. I know they sort of like told their own story on Twitter and social media about how rewarding they feel like this year's has been. They feel like they're opening and closing a book on it. And it's like, it's going to be really hard to top this one particular year. It's like Ric Flair in 89 and like Shawn Michaels in 1996. Like sometimes that like one the legacy year, run. Yeah. Yeah. Even Moxley this year in singles, like you don't, always have that and James Ellsworth in 2018 yeah <laughs> before doxing was a thing but <laughs> but man and but like you said it's hard yeah. like I we could sit here and list all the freaking tag teams I think we would run out of time on the show yeah but it's, yeah it's amazing how many good tag teams they are FTR I think was the best yeah. unbelievably they, I don't think they ever had the AEW tag team championships in 2022, no. I mean, they've held right. them before, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> just to be different, I went with the acclaimed, uh, just to have a different answer than you. Um, 
just their entire ascension this year has been really, really fun to watch um, to the point where I think there's a stretch where they were the hottest act in the company uh, by quite a bit <laughs> over anybody else. You know, um, obviously their in-ring body work pales in comparison to FTR, uh, but the way they can control a crowd is pretty, pretty great. I actually considered uh, Max Caster and, or, or them as a unit for my pillar award. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. Um, and then I tried to think about like one or the other, but I don't really think you can. I think Bowens is a better wrestler, but Caster is like the glue of the. Yeah. I, I just think they complement each other so well. So. Um, so how how disappointing is it going to be in 2023 when they job the belts to Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lee? Oh gosh, man! Like it's almost like Tony's like, let's see how over they actually are. Can you guys stay oh, by, hot through this way, program? <laughs> I, you know, I'm getting off topic, but I gotta mention this. You want to hear the rib to end all ribs? Sure. They put Jeff, they put Jeff Jarrett on dark. Really? Dark side Universal Studios. <laughs> they put Did Jeff Abyss Jarrett show up with that. with balloons? <laughs> <laughs> they put Jeff Jarrett in the fucking impact, so <laughs> I think it as a rib. Oh my gosh! Uh, the less we see of Jeff Jarrett, the better, man. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, feud of the year. Um, mine was a little cheeky. I went with CM Punk versus the Elite. Uh, okay. <laughs> not really a on-screen well, feud I'm, so listen, much. If you're, list- if you're reading the internet, that was the feud of the decade. Yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, it transcended TV, and it was never even mentioned on TV. But listen, I don't think any feud captured people's uh, interest or attention more than that. Uh, so I'll just kind of leave it at that. CM Punk versus The Elite was my feud of the year. You went with CM Punk as well, but not The Elite. Yeah, mine was the mine was the scripted one. It was the <laughs> CM Punk versus MJF. I, it, it, just a masterclass, man. So it's good. really great. I mean, Punk, when he's motivated... Like, it's almost like Randy Orton. Like, Punk, when he's motivated to do great work, does mm-hmm. great work. You know, the thing about Punk, though, is that I feel like he can do great work even when he's grouchy and he's not in a good mood. Or yeah. when he doesn't want to, he doesn't feel collaborative. He can still pull out great promos like he did with, like right before All Out when he had that one where he uh, got the... He got the uh, the sense slapped back into him and stuff. <laughs> like, he does those great, like, promos, but... I felt like this was one where he really sunk his teeth into it, and he could tell with Max that he had somebody you could work with, that he trusted, that he allowed to go rip on him about his UFC career and things like that, that they kind of bandied back and forth about. I think CM Punk had, in one of the promos early in their feud said he was like a low-rent Miz or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they really went um, th- broke the fourth wall a few times, but they... It all and but then the thing that really made it great, MJF beats him in the in CM Punk's hometown. Punk is hell bent on getting revenge, and then MJF suckers him into a sympathy act. And I thought that's what really made it great. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was really really good stuff. And a blow off, a good blow off at yeah. Revolution. Blood. Uh, was that the match where Punk came out to his Ring of Honor theme? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. Was AFI. Really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, great great feud. Um, it's a, it's a shame that you know. People will forget about that in the long run because of Punk. Actually, maybe they won't. Maybe maybe as time goes on, we'll kind of admire Punk's run for what it was. I don't know. Did you have one on paper that you liked in terms of a few? Um, probably that one. You know, I, okay. I would probably say that one because it leads right into like the next award, which is best angle. And mine was um, Wardlow uh, 
being freed from MJF and turning on him and and destroying him. I mean, right out of the Triple H, Tista, Ted DiBiase, Virgil playbook. Like, uh, I actually had to double check to make sure it was 2022 because it felt so long ago. You know, it started in 21. Yeah, like it felt like it started then. Yeah, but like you know, with Punk's involvement, like Punk kind of getting in the ear of Wardlow and the impetus to of Wardlow to essentially turn and i mean a megastar was born in wardlow um and i just really loved all of it like even mjf sticking him with the accountability buddy uh sean spears and they made sean spears relevant in a way that i didn't detest him on my television like it was really <laughs> great stuff that was done well and less security to, yep yep and then yeah and wardlow like just plowing through dudes and power bombing guys out of their out of their trunks like just a great, great old school story of everyone wanting this guy just to slap the taste out of the dude's mouth, and he finally did, and it all was really, really well done. It was good. Yeah. Mine actually kind of going the other way, like you had done with the feud of the year. Mine's yeah. more of a, mine's more of that context type of one, and it's the MJF bidding war. Mm. Like, and here's the thing. Now people easily forget this, but they actually showed a clip of Tony Khan doing a voice, like giving a voicemail that was supposed to go out to MJF, which was kayfabe about how you better show up to all out and this and this, this is my all, my final offer and blah, blah, blah. And the shame of the, the MJF bidding war stuff where he was going to feud with punk at, when he won back the title, you know, after all out, there was definitely going to be some plans there revolving around that story. I agree. But the kayfabe portion where they, they work Sean Sapp. It oh was yeah! Pretty brilliant. Yep. It was pretty brilliant. The plane ticket, the no show at the convention, mm-hmm. the Wardlow squash—they really set it up nicely to make it look like, huh? MJF might be going to WWE, and they fooled them all. Yep. I thought it was really good. Yep, I agree. I, I mean, My runner-up was... was Sneaky Swerve. Swerve's slow heel turn into madness was pretty great. Did yeah. not like the breaking of the finger segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or especially like the visual image that they put on the YouTube, like the uh, on their YouTube video, <laughs> you know, the capture screen where it looks like uh, Swerve's OnlyFans page. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but Swerve Strickland turning heel slowly while Keith Lee just sort of tries to figure out what the hell's going on with him is act was pretty good i yeah. like that futile i like that a lot well let's keep the mjf ball rolling because our next award is the maxwell award which is promo of the year and andrew uh mjf uh took this one for you as well yeah it's the max i mean i feel like he's sweeping it um yeah. <laughs> mjf pulls the wool over cm punk's eyes at daily's place this th- you talk you said master class of a few this is a master class of a promo like this is unbelievably yeah. good great like, stuff punk wears all white like, <laughs> and then um, MJF is wearing all white, but then he kicks him in the ball. He takes off the jacket, and he's wearing black. I mean, so much symbolism. Punk bleeds buckets after he mm-hmm. punches him with a dynamite diamond ring. Wardlow doesn't want to take part in it because he's embattled about it, or he's disgusted with it. So was FTR. Remember, FTR was in the ring, and they were Punk's buds. Yep. And yep. they were like, eh, I don't want to be part of this. And, like, there was just so much great, like, emoting going on in the entire segment um and great lines i'm a snake am i the bad guy you know uh, it's so much good stuff in that i i and also i i didn't i didn't mention this one but like punk had a very quick promo like kind of in a trainer's room uh that he filmed right after that oh yeah aired on rampage leading up to revolution it was real short maybe a minute long 
Yeah. It was so good. He said, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, make you bleed all over Orlando floor. It was just a really good go home promo, like sell the pay-per-view promo. Great stuff. But yep. just a great segment. Yeah. I picked the same one. Like if I were to pick something different just to be different, I think I might be tempted to go with Ricky Stark's promo just a couple weeks ago. So, uh, the face to face with, with MJF where he kind of put him in his place and, um, talked about, you know, how he's earned everything that he's gotten and, uh, you know, when they get in the ring together, he's going to beat him. He's going to tear him apart and tear him limb from limb. And he just had the crowd so into him by the end of that. Um, but that's just if I wanted to get cute. I can't go against um, the same same. It, one it's all about talking him into the room. And there's there's other great examples. Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I remember some people didn't think it was great, but I thought John Moxley's post all out promo to start in Buffalo was actually pretty good. Where he kept talking about the AEW champion. Yeah, and like the, what it means, and yeah. Yes, yeah. I thought that was very good. I thought uh, that was good, like a rallying. National Sister Sing Day was great. Yes, like they they had some good stuff, man, and it wasn't just MJF and CM Punk and blah blah blah. Like yeah. they had a lot of other guys really put in great work. Not even Punk's uh, quasi heel, like tell me I'm lying, you know, like. Uh, Eddie Kingston's oh, not even the best Kingston. Hank, yeah, Eddie Kingston's yes. not even the best Kingston I've been in the locker room. I think with that was and... a great promo because he was shooting from the hip. Yep, that was great stuff. I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. So, uh, our next award is the blank is all elite award, the best debut or signing of the year. Uh, <laughs> my joke answer is Jake, Jake Hager's hat, uh, <laughs> just because <laughs> the they did give, they did give he, it a graphic. <laughs> I, I mean, he got. The hat got hired before Action Andretti. <laughs> Think about that. Look, Johnny Elite didn't get signed, right. but the hat got signed. This hat is all elite. My my actual answer is uh, Kanoshka Takeshita. Um, yeah. Love him, love him, love him. Uh, and I see big things for him. I think that they really... What a future. Yeah, I really yeah. think they've got plans for him uh, in the future, and as well as your choice as well. Yeah, mine swerved strictly. I yeah. mean, he just... He, he came in, I think, as like – because they were doing this trend where they were announcing signings at the pay-per-view, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, um, so the one that they had – I think the one for Full Gear 21, I think I remember, was Jay Lethal, um, if I'm forgetting. Mm. Uh, and, but, the, but the one for Revolution was Swerve. Yeah. And he came, he came in clean palette. Okay, let's see what's going on. He has some matches, and then he just kind of morphed into – Swerve's a smart dude. Yeah. Like he really knows how to work his angle. His his in ring work is fantastic. He never botches. Even when there is a botch, he knows how to recover from it. He wrestles like a veteran. He's just got it all down. Like mm -hmm. his he's going to the stratosphere. Like I know they're having a face to face with him and Keith Lee on the Dark Dynamite. It might not lead to anything. It might just be another um, stringing along. But if it leads to something where Swerve really goes heel and he goes single, it's going to be interesting. Um, I can't say Will Ospreay because I don't think he really was a debut. Yeah, I don't think like, he's officially all it, elite. He wasn't officially all elite, but man, Will Ospreay, what an impression. Yeah. Like That's one where people are like, oh, let's see what you got. And then he shows up and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> he's awesome. Um, and I'm trying to think of anybody else. It's um, it, it's hard to say, you know. Like, uh, great O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Peterson. Yeah, um, right. But the other, the one thing I do want to say about Takashita, 
where they kind of sort of had we made a joke about how they need to buy a Cinnabon so that they could uh, um, uh, basically hold him hostage to stay there. Right. But um, the truth was, and I'm sounding like a hypocrite because I said about how they signed too many people and like you can't get all the speedball Mike Bailey's of the world. There are some situations with certain talents where if lock you know up. they're valuable to lock you, them lock yep. them up, get them. And and if you know the fans are going to like them, like if you're going sight unseen, that's risky. Yeah. But if it's a guy like Takeshita who has been in front of a crowd, had a fucking banger against Claudio and Moxley, like you gotta sign this dude. Wheeler Yuta had a banger against John Moxley. Mm-hmm. You gotta get this guy locked up. I agree. You know. Yeah, uh, Takeshita takes my my award for the next one too. We call it the Rocket Strap Award. Who gets the fabled? You know what that. means means bump who's somebody that we hype on our show that we talk about all the we're time we're gonna see yes. big years ahead and, and Takesh is my choice here like i feel like they signed him even before he was signed they were using him almost every week and giving him pretty he was good on matches all but, the time but now yes. that he's signed they can put a belt on him they can put him in a feud they can give him high profile matches i think this year could be and listen this award is important because the people that we've hyped before were the acclaimed jamie hater ricky starks have we heard of those guys? <laughs> you know, yeah. like I feel like we might have our finger on the pulse there. Uh, your choices I, are also it, really good too. Yeah, mine are uh, a male and a female. Roosh, uh, my my Mexican friend Roosh, <laughs> and um, Willow Nightingale. Yeah, Willow, I think Willow, Willow Nightingale, especially. Yeah, I think Willow. I, maybe it's just a song, but like Willow's just got something. Like it's, and it's, I remember it gives oh, me Bailey NXT vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the thing too is that um, like almost like what Kylie Ray was going to be. Mm, um, yeah. But the thing too with Willow, she, she's got the pounce, which is like the funnest move in professional. It's the only move in professional wrestling. I actually want to take, I wanna take <laughs> it probably hurts, but I want to take it. But, um, the, it, but it looked visually, it looks awesome. That's why Monty Brown is so over still with wrestling fans. Right? Because the pounce period was so amazing. <laughs> but, the thing, too, is that I remember she had a tag match where she teamed with somebody, and she was up against uh, Jay Cargill and a baddie, and hit, her and Jade went solo for maybe, like, two minutes, mm-hmm. but she almost got the crowd convinced that she was going to get them on a pin. Yeah. And I was like, man, she's she must be something special. She can get a crowd like that to buy into it for even a minute. Like, yep. that's actually really special. So I, I really like her. Roosh is just Roosh, I like because he just hits hard and he takes punishment too. Like yeah. he will, he will take the hits just as hard as he gives them to you. And I feel like we might have seen Roosh. Like that. Did we see Roosh versus Takeshita at one point in 2022? If so, it was like sort of an innocuous match yeah. that I man can't that would be a banger, fighting. huh? He had some with his brother Dragon Lee. Uh, I mean, he had another brother who showed up at the Ring of Honor show. I can't even remember his freaking name. He had a mask too. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, a couple. Let me say this too. We're gonna really know Tony Khan listed this show. The two more people that Jordan talks about all the time get pushes: Brody King and <laughs> Satnam Singh. If they get pushes in 2023, book it. Done deal. Tony Khan listens to you know what that means. Yeah, I mean Brody King. Why not? Why not with Brody King? He's great. He really if we is. had an upset, we don't have one. If we had an upset of the year, it's Brody King beating Darby Allen in that battle royal. Yeah, that was a really cool. That was cool, a shock. Cool moment. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we got two more good awards, <laughs> and then some <laughs> uh, not so good ones. Uh, the Stingers. he's gonna try award uh, funniest AEW moment. I'll give you mine first. It was a backstage segment. 
uh, where the best friends were talking with the factory, QT Marshall and his crew, and they were talking about a a mystery partner that they had. And like it cuts to a video of like clocks and gears spinning and stuff like that. And Danhausen is just standing there behind them. And then it cuts back and they're like, yeah, we've got a mystery partner. And QT Marshall just goes, that's Danhausen. It's obviously Danhausen. <laughs> I'll say this for AEW. Like, I can tell when they're in a group because the humor hits. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Like, there's some moments where, like, I mean, the acclaimed has always been good. The acclaimed are usually good in their segments, period, with that. But I think it's just because they have great comedic timing. The, yeah. the sh- when the shows give you that humorous vibe, that's when you know that they're in a good groove. Because there are some moments where I don't feel like it's humorous at all. Right. Like, I think that's true for all of wrestling. Like, WWE, when they're at their peaks, they, they hit the humor well, It too. feels fun. Yeah. Yeah, it feels fun. Mine was when Chris Jericho pitched another stadium stampede to the Blackpool Combat Club and John Moxley goes, we ain't doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that <was laughs> so good. good. That was so good. good. I, I la- Dude, I laugh to this day thinking about that. So that's actually my pick for the next award the boris johnson award for line of the year that was my choice <laughs> he ain't doing that shit yeah <laughs> mine was um mjf saying that tony Khan fire me you fucking mark <laughs> which actually didn't even make it on tnt it was on fight tv right right oh man that's good stuff um so those are our good awards uh we've also got some uh worst awards do we have a name for these <laughs> yes, I don't think we, we do. do. Do we call these the rampages? <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, uh, the lumps of coal. We can the, call lumps them the lumps of coal. of coal. That's true. Okay. Um, our first one is the worst match of the year. Andrew, why don't you share with us uh, your choice? This is the Samurai Del Sol Award. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <sighs> is it is it mean if I say Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston in the shark cage? No, in, I, in the barbed wire everywhere I, I match. I think that's totally fine. I did not like the barbed wire everywhere match. Okay, yep. That that was one of my that was. Is we talked about that match? on the show. We just felt like it was a bridge too far. They went is too the heavy worst with all the match. Stuff. I don't know, but I mean, I'm sure there are worse matches, but that one stunk. Also, yeah. Gresham's match against Claudio stunk. Gresham match. Uh, yeah, I kind of remember that. Um. Sort of. I, I remember it was a Rampage match, correct? No, it was the Death Before Dishonor. They oh, put it on the opener because they had Gresham right. jobbing it. That's right, where Claudio wins the belt. Yeah, and Tully Blanchard no-showed, so they had to get Prince Nana out of nowhere. <laughs> Such uh, a bad match. My choice for worst match of the year. I mean, I'm sure we could come up with some dynamite matches or something, but I was trying to think of like bigger matches, like pay-per-view matches or something like that. Um, I really hated... Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker at I think it was double or nothing. Yes, um, that was the uh, Owen final for the women. Yeah, I just Britt Baker on pay per view sometimes just it's such a slog to get through, and Ruby Soho can't overcome that like at all. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not high. My other choice would be I think on the same show Adam Cole and Samoa Joe was also really bad. Um, I think me. Adam Cole was nursing an injury in secret. 
yeah. with his shoulder. That, that and then makes he got sense. then he got his bell rung a month later, which is like if he's already injured, why'd you even fucking work him? Yeah. Okay. You know? All right. Uh, our next award is the Ace Steel Award, worst moment of the year. <laughs> you went with the Shark Cage match. For me, it was uh, I think it's Ty Conti unable to open the shark cage so the jericho appreciation society just squeezes through it to show that they could have got out at any moment at any time was, that was bad it was i mean that's why a, i had it as the ugh. worst match like it was just it was just bad yeah. it was just bad it like, was horrible um I, I will say another one too um because i mean a steel he christened it um <laughs> the media scrum the media scrum is just, it's a black eye yeah yeah. It's really bad. I, mean, I I'll I'll stick with Ty Connie not being able to open the door because that is live, pal. Like <laughs> you can't screw that up. Yeah. I mean, you need to practice that. At least Anna J practiced lowering the cage. Like yeah. imagine yeah, that's she true. hit the button wrong and they go up. <laughs> that would have be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. been even funnier. That'd They're be- so the two Ty and uh, Ty J are so dumb. That they don't know how to get him out of the game. <laughs> that would have made it even funnier. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. There's sharks. <laughs> um, I mean, but the, the media, media scrum is probably the lowest point in company history at this point. Would we say correct? Tony Khan had the look on his face like teams when they choke a championship game. Yeah, and you have to face the media, but you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't watch the World Cup. I... I I didn't watch the final. I know it was an exciting final, but I don't know which one choked or not choked. Like, but I can imagine one of those fan bases thinking, "Oh my God, we're gonna blow this!" Like, right? Exactly. That was the look on Tony Khan's face in that media scrum. It was pretty bad. It was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, so our next award is the worst. Oh, hang on, it's the worst feud of the year. Yes, the Nightmare Uh, Factory. The Nightmare Factory (laughs) Award. Um, and just that's a pile on but i stayed with ruby soho and Britt baker um i just i just don't like ruby soho man like i don't know that that feud was this year because she debuted oh, it, it never ends yeah she <laughs> debuted it all out last year right or or was correct. it correct yeah. and they wrestled at grand slam and then she was trying to win the tbs title and she lost to jade yeah and then she pivoted back to feuding with Britt. yeah when they when they were when Britt was with uh um, oh God, what was the name of that? Um, well, they the thing is, Britt and Adam Cole were feuding with Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander for yeah. a minute, mm-hmm. and then they went back to Ruby. So yeah, they kind of like bounced around, you know. Yeah, but it, it, with them winding up in the uh, finals of the Owen tournament and stuff, it was just so bleh. like I didn't like any of it. Um, I also thought about um, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm because we never got. <laughs> We never got an answer to it. We never like got anything well, out of if it. It's, if it's the one behind the scenes. That's the best feud of yeah, the year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Tony Storm trying to needle her way into making her title reign legitimate and pushing Tony Thunder Rosa out of the company. And when she <laughs> basically um, lost her smile, right? I, I know that sounds mean, but I'm listen. We all rampantly speculate. <laughs> That's what the rampant speculation is. Because um, I don't think you were – no, you so you didn't do the last show. I was trying to update the listeners about the fact that Thunder Rosa's title reign – or yeah. Thunder Rosa was stripped of the belt, and they tried to retroactively add on the title reign that Tony Storm had yeah, as – Yeah, so like she's official in the books, yeah. Hmm. 
And it's like, no, that's not how it works. The way the interim works is the way the word interim means that you gave her the title in the interim. Right. So you can't say, oh, you were – it's like it's like saying, you know how you were the assistant to the manager and we fired you? <laughs> it turns out you were the manager all along. It's like, oh, can, can I have my job? No. <laughs> stupid. Uh, stupid, stupid. Basically, rubbing it – my opinion, Jordan, they were rubbing it in Thunder Rosa's face. That's yeah, what they were doing. I agree. I agree. Um uh, our next award is the Vince. The oh, the... you didn't ask for my worst feud. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh no, it's bad. Uh, the Ring of Honor Stink versus Dynamite's TV time. That's it. <laughs> We're done. That's it. Yeah, I mean that, that's a bad one. Like we could have gone. I could have gone with that for the for the next award anyway. Yeah, but... I, I mean I thought about it too. Uh, and our next award is the worst move or decision. The Vince. Um, I I did think about the Ring of Honor Stink for me. It's, uh, we talked about it earlier in the show, it's this really bizarre William Regal promo from the past that, like, undid everything. Like, his farewell promo that was stupid. Like, it made no sense. It was dumb. That whole way to send Regal off was just, I hated every bit of it. It just, it's reeked of Star Wars. I could just... It looked like Obi Wan Kenobi when he was doing the like the spirit thing, for right. the Force. It's like, what are the fuck are you doing? Like, this is not. Listen, I know that uh, we were talking about Bray Wyatt and how things can be like you can kind of play with the fiction of pro wrestling as sure. magic and stuff, but like, this is beyond. Like, this is so dumb. Like, even smart fans know this is the dumbest shit ever. I agree. You know, yeah. and this, and I, I'm gonna be honest. Some people, people do respect Lord Regal and God. You know, I I know you didn't get into the discourse about it when he left. God bless him for making more money. Good for him. Sure, you know what? Yeah. You had an option to go do something else. I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem with William Regal going back to WWE. Tony should have just had a better idea, or he should have just left it alone. Like, just mm-hmm. leave it with MJF on top, looking at him like the devil. Like, that was fine. What right. was wrong with that? Right. That's where I actually like the way Vince used to do. When Vince wrote you off in spite, I mean... He kicked you in both ass cheeks on the way. Out. <laughs> right. <laughs> he didn't leave anything there. Like I remember, remember when he brought back Matt Hardy on his last date with WWE just so that Randy Orton could chair him one more time <laughs> because it got a good rating. Right. <laughs> I remember that. I almost gave this to one of our next couple awards. Like one of our awards is worst angle, but I think it's a worst decision because it's not even an angle. It's like they butcher. It's like. Okay, we're telling this story, we're telling this story. Okay, let's uh let's poop on it now, you know? <laughs> Honestly, and this is where we, we try to be honest about AEW. I had a few choices. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so here are the three I thought of. Um Tony Khan uh, just dropping the ball in the House of Black. Yeah. Um that that was one. Yeah. Making double or nothing too long cuz he overthought the whole thing about game 7 of the Eastern so Conference dumb. finals. Yeah, I mean that- I feel like that show just bad, ended an bad, hour ago. Bad, bad, bad move. Like, either start it later or just pl- plow through it. Just yep. let it go during the game. Who cares? You got their money in their back pocket. But mine, the best, the biggest one, the biggest mess up, and I don't care how many YouTube hits Jeff Hardy got, the Hardy Boy experiment failed. Yeah, it, it was failed. bad. It just did not work. Jeff and never looked good. Um, no, he didn't. It showed. It made it seem like they didn't care about his well-being when he almost immediately got popped. Um, which yep. it's not really their fault, but you know, perception is reality to a lot of people. And and I do not want to be strung along anymore about oh he's coming back. Oh he might be he's not coming back. 
Right. I, I think I think either he's stuck in rehab or he's going through a lot of personal issues that he needs to work out first. I want Jeff Hardy the person to get better first. Right. And that could take. And a sometimes long time. it takes longer. Yep. Sometimes it takes longer than it took Moxley. Sometimes it takes longer than it took uh, Eddie Kingston. Like some people, they really need time, depending on what kind of things they're going through in life in order to sort out their issues. Jeffrey, obviously, dependent on his past, has a lot of issues, and I don't think wrestling in AEW is on the bucket list. You're right. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, we've got three more awards. Yep. Uh, this next one is, we call it the Cody Rhodes Solves Racism Award, <laughs> which uh, it's the worst promo of the year. We might need to re- rename this one because my choice is actually one you said you almost went with. Uh-huh. Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. You know me. You don't know me. <laughs> Maria, Marina Shafir was given a microphone. So wait, I'm not totally un- on board with this. So okay, um, is this viral? Is this promo viral? <laughs> I think so. Like okay, <laughs> like do AEW fans know what this is? Yes, AEW fans. Okay, definitely. okay that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> AEW fans definitely know. Marina Shafir was because it wasn't on. Dynamite or Rampage. I think it was on Dark, right? It was on Dark Elevation. Yeah. And Marina Shafir is given a mic. And if, you, if you've if you not seen it, check it out. She, like, starts <laughs> kicking the bottom turnbuckle, I guess, to look tough, but it looks like a child throwing a tantrum. Vicky Guerrero is openly laughing, I think, at her bad promo. Uh, <laughs> she's wearing a, a, a hat that looks like she got it from the Charlie Chaplin uh, catalog. <laughs> it's just so bad. Like... No one coached her. No one, no one gave her anything to say. I don't know if she just lost what she was trying to say, but it, it's so bizarre that it's worth watching. You know, I don't think it's like at the epic levels of like Steiner math um, in, in the annals of history, but it's, it's pretty, pretty bad. And I think it'll be bad for a long time to come. Okay. Um, mine was earlier, and two, I don't think either of these people are involved in AEW anymore. Uh, Brandy Rhodes, when she cut a promo, it turned out to be her last promo on, on with yeah, AEW, I believe. So Dan Lambert comes out, and they sort of have a – and Ethan Page is chaperoning him, and they sort of have a war of words. But you can clearly tell at some point early on in the promo that Brandy just basically starts shooting. And mm-hmm. – there is nothing worse than a scorned woman shooting in the ring. <laughs> like, they they know how to needle at you. They know how to find your weaknesses. I think Ethan Page was there, and she, I, to be honest, with you, maybe it was just this one. Well, there was one other part that was even worse, where Paige Van Zant comes out, and then Brandy Rhodes immediately starts trying to fight her because I guess she thought that she was being set up by the producers to look weak so that Paige could beat the shit out of her. Um, <laughs> So, it, like, the whole segment just fell apart. And uh, but, th- but there was one part where Ethan Page was in the ring, and he says something. And I didn't think he said something mean. But Brady just all of a sudden goes, you know, Ethan, the only reason we ever got you is because we tried to get Josh Alexander. And I thought that was really low. Yeah. I thought it was really, really shitty. It was almost as shitty as what Punk did with the whole Scotty, Scott Colton stuff. It was like, really? Did you have to air dirty laundry like that without even asking him? Right, like, because it, 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 was clear it, he would touch, it was clear she went into business with herself. It, what it very much was reminiscent of, like, old Stephanie McMahon, like, I cannot be made to look weak to anyone. Well, the, Dusty, the infamous Dusty Rose Yeah, promo. with the hand-in-the-face yes. type crap. Yes. Um, so bad. You know, so bad. Uh, yeah, it's a good choice. Uh, and then there's, Lambert there's, basically there's just... Others. 
there are other candidates. I mean, oh, sure. there are some there are some promos with like even CM Punk. Some people, I, I thought the Punk one with A Steel was a, was good. I thought it was kind of wacky. I thought yeah, the whole A Steel dropping f bombs in the ring. <laughs> you need to fucking get up. And yeah. It's like, dude, we're the the network is watching, right? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> uh, any Jeff Jarrett promo, I think, is in consideration. Hangman Page punching himself in the face over and over again. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm just now I'm just spitballing about all the dumb ones. Uh, Kenny Omega comparing the uh, the fans to house cats who shit all over the floor. Yeah, that was that wasn't on air though, was it? Wasn't it post show? It was po- It was post show. You're still, right. Still, yeah. He, there's one weakness Kenny does have. He can't cut a promo. He, he just yeah, can't. he and he tries to like get like I don't know catchphrases over like even like I bid you adieu like in fans chant it but i don't know it doesn't work for me I, as a wrestler phenomenal sure i mean <laughs> it's kenny omega he also looks That's in like great shape man i noticed this past week like he looks really really in good shape um, yeah, I, I do. I do hope that the idea of opening up the stipulations is that's how that's how they can beat the Bucks and Pack by making getting things on the wacky end of stuff. Right. And right. That 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 would be a nice little that would be a nice little wrinkle into the best of seven if it goes to seven, which we were expecting. Yeah, uh, we've got two more awards. Uh, the Nightmare okay. Collective Award for Worst Angle of the Year. <laughs> Uh, you already mentioned it uh, a couple times, so share share yours. The fucking shark cage. Like, maybe I just hate shark cages. You know, I never liked that scene in Jaws. So it's <laughs> like, maybe I just have like a childhood fear of it. It's like, I, it just reeks of RoboCop, like in Capital Combat. Like, it's yeah. like, anytime I see something really phony Batman-like, I'm, I'm just like, no. Like, I, I just. I just thought it was dumb. I thought the whole idea of having all the members of JS in a cage was dumb. Yeah. That's all. Uh, mine is, I don't even think it's like super bad, but it just never made any sense to me. And then when Andrade like basically punched himself out of existence in AEW, they just switch it to Roosh without any explanation. But it's like Andrade's intense desire to own 10 Preston Vance. It never made any sense to me. It was this weird angle where Andrade, like, wanted Ten to be his, like, servant and leave the Dark Order. And didn't Ten get, like, tased somewhere along the way? Yeah, he, um, so his knee, he hurt his knee. So he couldn't wrestle in the, all, in the trios tournament. So Hangman took place. And, and all of a sudden, I think Andrade pulls out a taser. (laughs) It's so weird, man. Like, and it's just like, and then when Andrade was written off TV, it just became Roosh, and they wrote it like Roosh was the one that was being Andrade all along. It just was so bizarre, and it just never made any sense, and it lasted for, like, a couple months, dude. Like, I... And not only that, Preston Vance did turn on the Dark Order. Yeah. Yeah, he threw his mask at negative one. (laughs) Like... Just a stupid story from start to finish. Like I, it, so what's the so what's the blow off to that one? Does negative one beat him in all out twenty twenty eight? Yeah. So once he turns, <laughs> is that the main event? Yeah. We so, laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who knows? It might happen. So, uh, but for me, that one was bad just because, like, I mean, I think there's worse moments and worse segments. Obviously, mostly these are forgettable. But like from start to finish, it never made sense. It never had any compelling turns, and it didn't have a payoff. And it it benefited no one. Like. 
just bad from start to finish. But we've got one more award to give out. It's the Future Endeavors, the Worst Dudes of the Year. Uh, I will give mine first, and let's see if... Okay. Okay. Give me a hint on yours, male or female? Male. Is it a single or a or, or a unit? Um, it's one. It's one wrestler. Okay. Okay. Then we are not in agreement because I chose the Gates of Agony. Um, okay. Just <laughs> the worst dudes. Uh, somehow in 2022, in this storied run of FTR, where we talked about and have already fawned over their historic year that they have. You know, we'll go down in history books as one of the greatest runs ever. These guys are like, hey, I bet we can have a bad match with them. And they did. <laughs> like, these guys just really, really suck and they don't belong in AEW. Um, I hate to say it. Sean Spears. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. Sean Spears. I mean, there's others. Like, I, I mean, if I really wanted to be mean, like I could say, like, the gun club. The thing about the guns is that they're young, so yeah. they still got time to figure it out. Yeah. Um, like Pretty Peter Avalon's a jobber, and I, he knows he's a jobber. Sure. Buddy Matthew, wheel of a of a group, but they just got pushed again. So maybe there's life yet for Buddy Matthews in AEW, and he's not actually going to be gone. So right. some of these guys might be able to find second life, you know, in other ways where it's like. You know, the, the when it comes to Sean Spears, like, they even turned him babyface. I don't know if you even yeah, noticed this. Yep, I did. They brought him back after he took paternity leave, and he just, like... He's, like, chill with Wardlow all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude. Oh, I need to right some wrongs that I've done. It's like, yeah, we need to right some wrongs. We need to get rid of you because yeah, you your suck. your career. We need to right that wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a I good mean, choice. It's, and, you know, the only one who I was really thinking about was Matt Hardy because I really didn't care for anything he was doing. I do I do appreciate the fact that after Jeff left, he tried to make something with Private Party. Like, yeah, that's fair. He's trying to do things with other acts, and he's not just basically, like, collecting a paycheck like Andrade is. <clears throat> okay. No, that's fair. Um, all right, Andrew. I mean, those are our awards. I think, I think we're pretty uh, in sync uh, in terms of... I don't think anything that you picked where I wildly disagreed with you, even though we didn't have the same choices all, all the, the time. Um, yeah. You know, we, we generally are in agreement on what's good and what's bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, and there's so much going on. Right. Like, there's always things going on in AEW, so it's, there's a lot to choose from, you know? Like, I wish we could have picked Adam Cole for Wrestle Year. He's been out for almost half of it. I know. He's been you gone know, for so it, long, like... It, I mean, even CM Punk. CM Punk was out a lot. That was yeah. the very lead of this entire year is that CM Punk couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, what did he have, four matches the whole year? Uh, uh, he, he had dog he, collar. He, had, he picked up a few between Revolution and Double or Nothing where he, like, wrestled Penta. And yeah, then and that, he, he that teamed with FTR Bobby, the one time. The infamous Bobby Finish one where he tried to kick out of the GTS and got mad at him. And That's right. Now now he lives free in Bobby Fish's head for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so before we get going, uh, we might as well do what we do best. We love to wildly speculate. Okay. Um, and, of course, we have some questions, but let's speculate wildly. Andrew, give us some bold predictions for 2023. Okay. Uh, one's pretty obvious. The other two, not so much. Um, the obvious one, AW announces that they get a new deal with Time Warner Discovery. Okay. And they get double the revenue, which is Ooh. not unex- It's not unexpected. Sure. 
Like, I think that would be. I I think their deal was somewhere around fifty million a year. I could see him getting like over a hundred million a year, cool. and that'll open the pocketbooks to do more things. Not necessarily signing talent because Jesus Christ, they got enough. But like, they can do. They could do other things. Like we already heard a rumor that you know I don't know if you heard this one that they got a producer who was in W within WWE for quite a while and was well respected and they were trying to hire him to replace Kevin Dunn but he had already left the company. Well, AEW just picked him up, so hmm. they're looking into the possibility uh, of maybe changing some of the look of Dynamite. I don't know what that means by if it means logo if it means intro song i don't know what it means i did yet. i think you linked me to that to that information right so there's different things going on there um but i i can see them amping up their production value because they're getting ready for more money the other ones aw and wwe will agree to a t- talent swap they'll do a trade we've Ooh. we've seen this with wwe and ecw under the table in the 90s. Uh, I don't think WCW and WWF ever did one, to be quite honest with you. If they did, it was probably the Brian Pillman one. Eh, yeah, maybe not. the Brian Pillman Memorial Show had guys from every company. I wouldn't say it was a swap, but they worked together. Yeah, or, you know what, here's another one. Remember when Mike Awesome had to drop the ECW title to Taz, things like that. Mm-hmm. There's sort of yep. these back alley things that happen, but this one will be a straight swap. Like, um... You get like uh you get Andrade, I get th- this person and this person. Okay. Like there will be a trade, and then here's the big one: CM Punk returns, but he only wrestles one more match in Chicago. Hmm. Who do you want to predict who he wrestles? MJF, and okay. he loses. Okay. All right. Well, that kind of leads to my bold prediction: is I don't, I think MJF is the world champ for the entire calendar year of 2023. Okay, can he break Roman Reigns' record of two years? No, I don't think so. I think 2024, because that's the whole bidding war thing, I think he loses in 24. But I I think he goes all this next year as champion. Um, <laughs> he goes all in and all out as the AW champion. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, another prediction is that I think, and it's, maybe it's not a bold prediction, I think that that their video game will come out and it will be a cult favorite, um, if not uh, overall favorite uh, in terms of just wrestling video games. I think Does it have a date yet? Uh, no. I mean, it's got a lot of delays and, and stuff like that. But man, as a wrestling game fan and just a video game fan, I kind of like what I see. There's some stuff that makes me go, but... Honestly, Kenny Omega's involvement actually like gives me optimism, uh, but I think that's going to be like a, a feather in the cap. I think the video game is going to be a smash hit with their fans. Uh, Can I say something just as an observer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not wrestling observer, just an observer. <laughs> um, the trailer is unintentionally funny. Yeah, how so? Uh, like um, Jericho with his Disney World S promo, like, do you want to re- ignite the magic? <laughs> <laughs> and then Hangman, goes, my friend Ryan jokes about it. Hangman says, and weapons, all the weapons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just, it's just the way he says it is so dumb. I was but, um, I think one of the clips had Darby or Allen just throwing a random skateboard at somebody on the right. <laughs> yeah, there's one like it wasn't like a, a video clip, but it was like a still image of a match and there's just blood everywhere. So I'm like, okay, so that's a Moxley match. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my other bold prediction is we will see, um, 
Oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, not Will Ospreay. Uh, I, we'll see Zack Saber Jr. in AEW sometime this year. I just feel like that Daniel Saber Jr. match that they wanted uh, that didn't get to happen. I think it's going to happen eventually, and I think it'll happen in AEW rather than over in New Japan. Okay, that's my, that's I my mean, prediction. We saw him at Forbidden Door against Claudio, but we never got the Danielson match. Right. So right. clearly they have unfinished business. Yeah, I think it'll finally happen. It's something that's kind of been forgotten about, but probably not by uh, Brian Danielson. So, all right, yeah, let's do some questions before we get get out of here for the night. Sure. All right, uh, Andrew, in its three-year history, the main event title matches for winter is coming up in John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Brian Danielson, MJF versus Absolute Ricky Starks. What do you think the main event for next winter is coming will be? MJF versus Wardlow. Mm, that's good. I mean, I have to go with an MJF match because I just said I think he'll still be the champion. Um, We've done MJF Darby Allen before. But I think they could go back to that. Has, has Winter is Coming always been from Texas? Uh, well, the first one was in Daly's Place in 2020, but the okay. other two were in Texas. If, the, yes. if this one's in Texas, hear me out. MJF retires Dustin Rhodes. <gasps> okay. What do you think? Th- that works. That, that works. Could, that could be a fun one. And you know? instead of uh, and instead of hugging, hu- he'll hug him and then kick him in the nuts like yeah. he did the yeah. <laughs> John Moxley will run out and start blading in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we. I can. See, I I like your bull prediction. Like I can see that happening for sure. I mean, I would like to just if I if I wanted to just randomly pick like two people who are just in the title mix right at that moment in December. I mean, if I wanted to just randomly guess. Wardlow versus Swerve Strickland. Mm, like that'd be fun. That would be cool. But I mean, that's just random. Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a tough call. I mean, and a year from now is, I mean, just thinking back in this past year, like we said, it feels like they've been ten thousand matches. You know. Yes. Um. All right, Andrew. Would you rather have a sh- Would you rather shadow someone at work or be given an accountability buddy? Oh, shadowing, shadowing. Yeah. When you shadow, you're not expected to do anything or have responsibility for anything. Yeah, I agree. And I think the accountability, accountability buddy is a punishment. Like they're saying you are not doing a good job and so you have to be held accountable. Correct. Um, but you can always wind up powerbombing them, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what they call accountability buddy in your regular white collar job? It's called being audited. You're being <laughs> audited. <laughs> it's um, not good. <laughs> uh. Oh, which one do I want to ask here? Would you rather willingly take the stiffest pro wrestling move you can think of or be power slapped? I would rather take the move. I don't like being I don't like being touched in the face. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I, I feel Shawn like Michaels a stiff move. It's still a back bump most of the time, you know? Right. Like, I mean, you than... could break your neck, but at least I'll take the risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's a neck? Who cares? You know? Have you seen this show that they're promoting after Dynamite? coming up called power slap league um yes Dana White yeah yes ish like and i've seen like these slap fights like videos before <laughs> and stuff it's it's insane dude like i don't how do you even decide that you're good at that you know <laughs> like, it depends on how many people you knock out when you slap them in the face yeah exactly pra- <laughs> i hope you don't practice on your family <laughs> right right hey son come here i want to see if i'm good at something uh, <laughs> Hey, next question since it's Christmas time. Uh, by the way, Andrew, Merry Christmas a little, Merry little, Christmas. little, little ahead of time. 
Um, I got your card in the mail. It was written in blood, just like the one FTR received. Uh, Andrew, what's the weirdest Christmas gift or Christmas exchange you ever had in your life? I don't really – I don't have a good one, to be honest with you. If, yeah. if I had mm, probably a trading card, that was the weirdest one I ever got. I've, I've got a couple. Um, one um, – one year, I don't know if it was my parents or my brother, I don't remember, but someone got me because they knew I was a wrestling fan, so they said, oh, Jordan likes wrestling, get him this wrestling thing. It was like Hulk Hogan and Sting walkie-talkies, Okay. but I was like 22 years old, <laughs> 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 and so I was like, thanks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a little weird. Uh, I can't believe you're still giving you Christmas present when you were 22 years old. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, but I then, think the cutoff, the proper cutoff, is about like what 13. Uh, I mean, from parents, my, my parents still give presents. Like I'm, brother I'm just saying that because yeah. my daughter turns 13 next year, and I'm really tired of buying Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> Send her a letter in blood that said, "This is Santa." Time's up. Uh, <laughs> But I, I do have a, a weird one, not gift for me, but my sons. So uh, without going into too much, my sister is a bizarre person, okay. um, uh, sort of a religious cult type thing. I don't really want to get into too many details, um, but they started giving us Hanukkah gifts on Christmas because they said that Hanukkah is what we should be celebrating. And one year they gave my youngest son a box of rocks that they collected on the beach because they thought he might like them. Literally just a box of rocks. <laughs> mm. Was it a pebble? No, like just just gravel, <laughs> you know. Like it was. I don't know what it was. It was. It was horrible. Um, no, I, 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 yeah, that's one where it's like, oh, we we found this on the sea. I'm like, yes, it belonged in the sea. Fucking put it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Next question. Excalibur sent on Rampage that Takeshita had written his graduate thesis on the German suplex. Did you ever use a school assignment or a project just to talk about pro wrestling at school? <laughs> uh, I tried to, to start a pro wrestling club in high school. I did something really awesome. When I was in high school uh, at the church I went to, um, we had like our Christmas program. And how they did it was like they had each – like Sunday school program do something. And so like we were the high school program. And so they wanted us to like write a short like sketch and they had me write it. And I had myself and my friend Terry get into a wrestling match during, <laughs> and he put me in a sharpshooter on stage at the Christmas play at church. <laughs> we had a, we had a talent show and someone put on a wrestling match. Uh, I Perfect. remember that. I, I didn't do that one, but I did try to start a pro wrestling club around 1998, and it just we didn't get enough memberships. I mean, 98 is probably the best chance you had at succeeding there. Yeah, it was it was, it was about as close as it gets. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who was the king of television in your own household? Oh, it, it it's it's sequestered. Okay. Living room, living room, my wife, uh, me, uh, bedroom, me. Yeah, all uh, me. I, I think it's probably me in both, uh, but my wife is, she might be the king and she's just a gracious, gracious one. She might, you know, <laughs> she just allows me because every once in a while she's like, no, I don't want to watch this. And I'm like, okay. 
It depends yeah. on the layout. Like, do you have like, do you have a kitchen layout where you have a TV in the kitchen? Like, no, our I, kitchen is like an open open area. So, like, our kitchen and our living room where the TV is, is you can same. see things, yeah. right? Um, like, like my living room looks like every normal living room in terms of like a big screen TV and stuff. My, sure. my, my. My bedroom has a regular TV, but I watch a lot of stuff on my phone. A lot of stuff on my phone, yeah. like everyone in America does. Right. So I sort of kind of exp- – I can watch it pretty much at any point. you know. And then we have the office, but we don't – I don't usually put a TV in the office unless I'm live watching something. Right. I do so. say that uh, Sundays, um, it's kind of accepted that me and my son get the TV for football for Red Zone. So, mm-hmm. you know. I heard that's going on YouTube TV in the future. Yeah, uh, and Sunday Ticket as well. Well, Red Zone already is. Oh, that's is. what I meant. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, Sunday Ticket might be going on YouTube. Red Zone is, but it's an additional fee. So you subscribe to YouTube TV, and then you can put add-on for Red Zone. Yeah. Um, well, you still there's still reason for you to watch watch NFL football. The Lions are not dead yet. No. I mean, <laughs> it, and it's listen, I'm very cynical about the Lions. But yeah, even you I'm said like, that the Bills would beat them 100 to 7. It was 28 to 25. Listen, they still won. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lions' history is essentially like they come close and then they Charlie Brown miss the football, you know? They just do yeah. something. And this season has basically been like setting up for that moment and then it just doesn't happen. Like this past week against the Jets, they, they score this touchdown late in the game and then Zach Wilson just chucks the ball into the air basically hoping someone will, will catch it. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore did catch it and got a timeout with one second left to allow them to kick the field goal. And Ryan's fan was like, oh, great. They're going to kick the field goal. We're going to go to overtime, blah, blah, blah. But he missed the field goal. Like, it feels like in years past, that field goal would have been right down the uprights and then the Jets march to a win. And it's just like their luck has turned. It's it's kind of wild. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. that's what happens when you have a great offense. Uh, we have a team that might use that one day. Um, but, <laughs> the, but the, the other thing, too is that um i i do have to get your opinion on the patriot play oh i love it because the patriots suck and i hate them but uh okay what, what was dumber the dumbest AEW <laughs> decision or that play i mean that play and everyone's gonna trash jacoby my i think it's jacoby myers who made that lateral pass but why was i think it was ramondre stevenson why was he running and not just going down like if you listen to interviews the players were saying, they were just saying, get down, get down, get down. And he just kept running and tried to keep the play alive. Like, clearly the play was not designed to score. It was designed to go to overtime. And this dude decided, nah, let's not do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, but, uh, yeah, NFL's still going. But the Saints are the Saints are basically like Roderick Strong on NXT 2.0. They're not dead, but they're on life support. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the character. Not yeah. Roderick Strong in real life. He's a he's he's a married man. He's living a great life, but his character's on life support. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's get a couple more. Uh, MJF called Ricky Starks the pebble as a pot shot. Uh, what flavor of pebbles cereal do you prefer? Um you said if it's not marshmallow fruity pebbles, why are you no longer allowed those to show? I've never had those. Are they good? Oh, they're they're amazing. It's the light blue box. Okay, they're great. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm just I'm mostly just a fruity pebbles guy, but marshmallow fruity pebbles is. I'm where not it's a at. cocoa pebbles you, guy. I can you tell need you to that. get woke, Jordan. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
I'll have to write you need that to take one down. The, you need to take the, the red pill, and it's in the shape of a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, I, I, I like. I think the other one, I'm pretty sure it's brown. I'm, I'm acting like I don't know, is Cocoa Pebbles. I hated Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't like them either. Fruity Pebbles are amazing. Yeah. They're like Rice Krispies without the snack crackle and pop. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're good, great. Good stuff. And um, when they sog, they're even better. I, I agree, but you got to... You got to play a balancing act because they can sog just a little too it's, much. It's like popcorn. You yep. can't let it. You can't let it bake for too long. Right. Like, exactly. It, or it's no good. Yeah. Right. All right. We'll get out here with one last question. And what's been the biggest failure? Ring of Honor 2.0, NXT 2.0, or Twitter 2.0? Can I also pick Donald Trump's next campaign? <laughs> uh, can you pick Donald Trump's trading card business? His NFTs. <laughs> Have you seen those? No. What oh, the? he had a major announcement. For $99, you can get a Donald Trump NFT where he, it's his face on like a superhero's body. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, someone who believes it's a money laundering scheme because they said that they sold a million dollars worth and then people are going to resell them. And so people think it's just him laundering his money to, to keep it clean. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, Ring of Honor 2.0. Uh, because, look, Elon, I... ...to it. Uh, with the political part of it, mm-hmm. but it basically looks like Elon's from trying to run the day to day because he's just too much of a snowflake. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he's gonna own it. He's gonna own it and make revenue off of it if he can. But he'll probably eventually sell it to an investor like Robert Sarver did with the Suns. But right. um, but the truth is like Twitter. Twitter will survive. Twitter will be fine. Is it less good? Yeah. That was the point of Elon buying in the first place to just own the libs. Right. Um. um for NXT 2.0, let me say this: their ratings are better than Rampage's, and they're still around, and they still have multi. Uh, uh, made uh, what are those things? The what do they call them now? The dumb thing that the Peacock calls them: premium live events. Isn't this NXT 3.0 now though? Kind of, it kind of is. Yes. Yeah. So you know, and and yes, I did watch that thing called the Iron Survivor Challenge, and How was no, it? I don't, I don't want to see another one. <laughs> like it was. It was it was like battle boil bowl. I said battle boil, Ooh. like I'm in like I'm in a crawfish boil. But um, battle battle Peter battle Peter no, boil. I would rather watch a reality show where you have to compete to make the best crawfish in a crawfish boil than power slaps <laughs> and monster trucks. What other dumb shit have we seen after Dynamite? Didn't we have like a combat league? We had I think battle bots for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, they had um. Uh, they had pretty much every syndicated Dwayne Johnson. By the way, Dwayne Johnson and Henry Cavill, hey, hey Black Adam and Superman, let's team up and uh, face each other or something. And James no. Gunn takes up the DC and they're like, no, we don't want either of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, geez. Basically, DCEU so know, is so uh, getting they always, reset. They always want to know who won between Rock and Cena. Well, Cena clearly won right. because the Peacemaker's on top in the DC universe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not yeah. Did you hear he's back to basically pop a rating at the end of the year for SmackDown? No, I did not. Going to team up with Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Cena? Yes. Wow. He's going to just jump in and uh, try to keep the peace. I mean, he's got to win that match, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but Sami's going to have to Probably pin Sami. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Roman is uh, doing jobs right now, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Pin Sammy, and is that like maybe when they turn on Sammy and kick him out of the bloodline or something? I, 
don't know. I think they're going to trickle it along a little, a little bit longer than that. Yeah. You know, and uh, K- KO is going to probably feud with Roman again, is what it's looking like. I know we're d- veering off, but like, uh, but yeah, the thing with uh, the, the thing with uh, Ring of Honor, it just it hasn't go- hasn't gone anywhere. Right. Yeah. There's agree. no TV deal. There's no YouTube deal. Like, I don't think it has any traction. No, it doesn't. Like, I mean. Any audience they have is just AEW people. Like, There's no demand. Yeah, that's a better way of saying it. There's no yeah. demand for it. Right, I agree. So, All right, well, I mean, listen, this is a good way to, to wrap up the year with some awards, some good bashing of things that need to be bashed, and uh, just some good times. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, all of 2022 with you. Look forward to 2023. Me too. Uh, Justin fun. reached out to me a couple weeks ago to see if we were still interested in doing the show, and uh, I did not even consult you. I said, yes, we are. <laughs> So, sorry, I signed you up. So we got renewed, <laughs> yeah. or we got our option, because the story in AEW is that they basically renew the option. Yeah, whereas- we're renewed, but Justin uh, refers to us as the Gates of Agony now, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's it's been a good year. I mean, there's there's been highs, there's been lows, but I think the highs far out the lows. And, uh, oh, I love watching AEW. Me there too. are days where it could be a chore, but I really do enjoy it. I feel like... You know, we talked about how we felt like we were jumping on a tidal wave when we started it. Yep. But I do feel like even more than a year in that we are – I know this sounds really, like, lame. We're watching history. Right. We're watching, we're watching the early portion of a company that is truly competitive with World Wrestling Entertainment, and we never thought we would see one. Yeah. You know, and to have one that's able to do stuff and potentially – have an even bigger television contract for themselves and up the ante is fantastic. Yep. And it really I is. love the fact, I love the fact that it's good wrestling. Like it is, it's legitimately good wrestling. Yeah. You know, I agree. You know, and you know what Boris as Boris Johnson put it. It's a pretty good man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that one came from, <laughs> but we'll get out of here. Uh, for Andrew and myself, we hope you all have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday, whatever you say, and a Happy New Year. We'll be back in 2023 with all things AEW.
tonight. 